0: And now, introducing the man who ignored the advice of his attorney this 4th of July weekend and elected to not only set off fireworks outside his property lines, but quote, mistakenly, unquote, saved the biggest and loudest of his explosives for 2 a.m. directly outside the house of his neighbor who somehow keeps ending up with his recycling bin, while he says he had a largely enjoyable weekend, he will have to appear at the courthouse after his temper flared in response to being told that not only were the burgers and hot dogs plant-based, but he was also, in fact, drinking Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals. He is Glenn Clark. What happened to you? My voice? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I talked enough, I guess, where it went away. First time I lost my voice in a little while. It was a lot worse yesterday. Were
1: you partying? Were you yelling? I was there. I don't really
0: know exactly how it happened, to be quite honest with you. Um, Just Sunday morning or Sunday, Saturday night, I was sleeping and had a little bit of a sore throat. I was like, "Ah, that's not great. Woke up. Didn't sound too good. Yeah, it sounds terrible. It doesn't sound terrible. No, it sounds terrible. You sound terrible.
1: No, 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 no. I, I I sound beautiful. I mean, my God, there's there's probably animals right now that are
0: just drawn to the sound of my voice. And then You sound uh, awful. Yesterday I tried not to talk too much because it was not good. It was worse yesterday. And so it'll probably be bad later today as yeah, well.
1: Not great. Not great. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Kyle. Young uh, Jack is here as well. Where did you go this weekend, Young Jack? Where were you? I was just hanging out with like a little of. No, th- I mean, my God.
0: The how microphone, How many, many times? What are, you, what are you doing? How many are times you, are we going you, to tell have you? have you, you not yet moved closer to the microphone?
1: We're, we're screaming was... at you. Just talk into the microphone. That's the way that we do shows. <laughs> that was bad. That was, <laughs> was bad. That's really that bad. That one was bad.
0: <laughs> might be the worst effort yet. That was really yeah. bad. I, I thought he was just having a conversation. Right, yeah, 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 because when we're on air, we love to just have conversations. <laughs> Where were you this weekend?
2: I didn't really do a Well, a then whole, why were you not here, Well, the, I was supposed to go to the beach, and that was on Friday. We woke up, and it was a bunch of my friends, and they all kind of just, like, canceled halfway through the day, so...
1: Oh. You didn't bother <laughs> to show up for work then. You didn't By bother. By the time to?
2: I found that out, it was like <laughs> this three guy. o'clock, this and guy. I had everything packed up, and I didn't end up going. So
1: I got a lot of questions about that, but we'll save them for another day because I don't think we're getting anywhere with it. Hi, hi! I bet there's a lot of this people struggling coming back on a Tuesday after a three-day weekend. I'm guessing it's not just here. Um, We got much to do on today's program, which is brought to you by Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments for two full years, no interest, no nothing, no catch. Call Window Nation, 866-90Nation, or visit WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Coming up on the program today, we are going to um, talk some Ravens. Actually, it's been a while since we've done that. Adam Rank, NFL.com, just wrote a piece, his State of the Ravens. He does it for every team. We will chat with him about some of the things he said about Baltimore. Patrick Stevens is going to join us. Uh, The bad news for Maryland basketball fans, Aaron Wiggins. I always, I never understood why there was this hope that he would return. I didn't well, get Well, he wasn't that. invited to the combine, which is weird. He was invited he got to invited the combine. He got invited afterwards. Yes, there was like he an was amendment. invited to the combine.
0: I know he had a strong pre-draft process, so i was yes, wondering how that would that be possible. Yes, and then that got him yeah. a
1: combine <laughs> invite. So Aaron Wiggins is leaving, and I, I'll talk about more about that in a second. But Patrick Stevens will join us not to talk as much about Aaron Wiggins because he's he's gone now. But to talk more about where that leaves Maryland with no Aaron Wiggins moving forward and the reality for them, uh, we'll talk about that with our
0: buddy Patrick Stevens. a four-star transfer, didn't they, from,
1: the, I mean, uh, from
0: Arizona? He was the foreign guy.
1: I don't know. I mean, that guy, if that, guy, that guy didn't play. That guy was not, like, on the floor. He was a nothing that's not for important. Arizona. I mean, I don't know if it's important or not. I couldn't tell you if it'll prove to be Ricky important. Ricky Lindo didn't play for Maryland. Okay, and he's a semi okay piece for George Washington. What is that? You just wait.
0: You just wait and see. Nate Smith Award. The guy that you have
1: no idea who his name is or what he does. Yeah, he plays basketball. Thank you. He's a four, I believe. Uh, Probably, but we don't really know because he didn't play
0: Neither did you, Glenn.
1: You know what? You're right and I'm not counting on myself
0: to be helpful. Well, you this certainly season. weren't a four star, I'll tell you that much.
1: It's got, God bless. You know what? You've nailed a lot of things. Anything else you have to offer besides besides your raspiness?
0: Isn't it a good sound though? It's not. I've been told it sounds really, all right.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm like I'm the type of person that almost benefits from it. You have a good voice. You do not benefit from this. It sounds it sounds like you're in pain. I'm not in pain. It sound, I'm not telling you you are. I don't know that. I would tell you I'm if not I you. was. Thank you. I didn't ask. I'm just telling you what it sounds But if like. I were. Right, but I need you to know that I I, I don't care if I it's were. It's very important that you I know that. I would let you know. I, again, I wouldn't care. 90%. I wouldn't possibly care. I'm only telling you what it sounds How do you like go about fixing something, something like, like this? uh not just, talking yeah, yeah. just rest basically just a well, good rest. thing i'm talking i mean i a lot of lozenges when i'm when i have games to do and i'm in these situations now mine normally related to allergies so i can take allergy medicine. Smoking
0: cigarettes you know
1: uh i've been doing that for years yeah. for years normally normally chain smoking cigarettes helps your voice in a weird way yeah. yep uh, it's, uh bob haney knows a thing or two about that um. So I would I would recommend not lo- talking. Well, yeah, I mean that. But I would also recommend lozenges. I would I do that a lot. I hear a lot the of people tea tell you with the honey and all. Yeah, that, they yeah. tell you that. It's never really done much for me. But is eh, it lemon or honey? That's more I think. I believe it's supposed to be honey. I believe it is supposed to be honey. Okay. That, that uh, a lot of singers go with that route. What do they know? Uh. Well, I don't mean I genuinely don't know. Not not much about the world. It depends. And it also depends on who the singer is. Yeah, I, I think guess. That some singers do know a thing or two. So that we've reached this portion of the program, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, later on in the program, we're going to meet Katie Zafiris. She is a Carroll County native, North Carroll alum, and she is headed back to the Olympics for the second time as a triathlete, which is insane. Like, I mean, that is just absolutely badass to me. But um, she was like, a, I think she was a high school soccer player who started a run track just to like stay fresh for soccer season. And somehow went from that to becoming an Olympic triathlete and a world champion a couple years ago.
0: Curious to know, like, how the frequency at which she competes in triathlons. You know, like, do you, can you do like multiple a month? Is your body capable of.
1: That sounds more like a Chris Farley show question. That sounds more like a. I'm
0: genuinely curious. I
1: mean, the internet can tell you that. Okay, like, what is that's the answer? Not, Glenn? I don't know cuz I don't care. Not no. my concern. Not something I prepared. But you can look up like when people compete. That's not something that like you have to investigate with a person. <laughs> that that can be found. That type of The record,
0: the most long distance triathlon races completed in a year is mm-hmm. 24. That would sound like two a month to me. And was achieved by Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Michael Mendoza. Oh, Michael, yeah. Mikey,
1: they call yeah, him. Good old Mike. Mikey. Oh, Mikey Mendoza, did that. All right. So Katie Zafiris will join us later on in the program as well. Uh, my Monday column is going to be a Tuesday column uh, this week, and it is about Aaron Wiggins. And it's a couple of things. One, it's about the insane question, and 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 the insane responses that we somehow sometimes have. In these situations. Sometimes a player is so good and so thought of that there is no response to them, their decision to leave school. It's just so overwhelmingly obvious that there's nothing else to say other than, right, we get it. Jalen Suggs was going to leave school. It's overwhelmingly obvious. Cade Cunningham, it's overwhelmingly obvious that those players are going to be the first couple of picks in the draft, absolute rock stars, of course they're leaving. When you get past that group of players, there tends to be more of a varied reaction to these announcements, and the reactions tend to be something along the lines of, well, we'll see if that ends up being a good decision, or, boy, I hope he's getting the right advice from people, or something along those lines. And it's badass insane, because we never say those things about Eric Ayala. We never say, boy, I hope he was getting the right advice. I hope he doesn't regret making that decision to return to school. Because the truth is, we're not thinking about the player whatsoever. We don't give a rat's ass about the player. What we care about is our favorite team. We care about the fact that we think the team would be better if they had that player than if they didn't. And we would like to say it about some of these other guys, but we realize it would be completely asinine if if somebody that cared about Gonzaga said, Boy, I, I hope Jalen Suggs doesn't regret their decision. Everybody on the planet will look at them like they have seven heads. Nobody's actually concerned about Aaron Wiggins.
0: Well, Aaron Wiggins and his family. I mean, his Perhaps. Brothers, yes, maybe. I would hope. Maybe they are.
1: Nobody that's saying these things is actually sure. concerned about Aaron Wiggins. It's also They're
0: neglects not. It the the
1: reality of a lot of these. We'll get there. Yes. Don't read ahead. I love reading. Nobody's actually, yes, you do. Nobody is actually concerned about Aaron Wiggins. They're concerned about Maryland basketball, and they started convincing themselves that Maryland basketball with Aaron Wiggins next season could be a special sort of team. We've convinced ourselves of that a few times in recent years around these parts, and none of them have panned out, but sure, we could have just done it anyway for the sake of doing it. We convinced ourselves that a Maryland basketball team with Aaron Wiggins, even without Daryl Morsell, with Aaron Wiggins and Eric Ayala back, some impact transfers we believe, and Kuta Wahab from Georgetown, and Fats Russell and Ian Martinez, we convinced ourselves
0: this could end up being a special group. I wasn't so it wasn't as glaringly obvious on paper, frankly, to me. If that had been the case, if he had returned, I'd still would have a lot of questions about this Maryland team.
1: Okay, but you were that the, with no offense. You don't know anything about college basketball. I'm not trying to say that to. Have, you don't you you don't follow college basketball Kyle you have no name one player on the Kansas roster right now uh Ben McLemore thank you you don't follow college basketball so I'm not going to turn to you as an expert the experts all looked at Maryland as a top five type of team with Aaron Wiggins back now does that mean that I believe it no but that's I don't know anything about college basketball either I too could not name anybody on the Kansas basketball roster right now Joel Embiid thank you dynamite dynamite tipping right and I'm not again I'm not trying to undress you I don't think a lot of people
0: know well you are you un- did that I'm, earlier
1: well that well yeah but that's unrelated that's because I didn't like what you were wearing that, okay, yeah. yeah, it wasn't even a sexual thing that was
0: underneath it huh? was on
1: unip- <laughs> it was un- I was unimpressed by what you were wearing it was time for you to go change um, it, it is my opinion about it is more related to what I know of Maryland right and why I would always be questioning these things because until you become that program I don't typically assume that you are that program and as I reference in the column Overwhelmingly, the teams that win national championships are teams that were threatening to win national championships in recent years leading up to it. Sure, Baylor hadn't made a run to an Elite Eight in a very long time, but they were the number five team in the country when the season ended the previous year. They would have been a threat to make a Final Four had there been an NCAA tournament. Typically, the teams that win national championships are teams that are dancing around winning national championships in the years leading up to it typically the way that it works is that you build yourself up as a program to become a threat to win a national championship and then ultimately win a national championship maryland has not done that or frankly baylor had a chance
0: you have to acknowledge that if baylor had a chance in the year the tournament didn't happen then maryland did i do not
1: because maryland was the number 12 team in the country and was trending the wrong way at that point maryland was doing what maryland has often done during the course of this era they were not a team that was playing like they were a threat to win a national championship now i get it uh, the people that love the the mark turgeon sycophants in the world would like to pretend like they were and would like to point out that it was probably their best they,
0: chance under turgeon right like doesn't that is that, that is a, not I'm not m- saying that is not that much is, of a bar
1: i understand yes Um, and that's not me saying it would have been impossible. I can't say that, of course, because there was no tournament. You never know what types of goofy things would have happened in the tournament, but we all saw the same team down the stretch. They were a team that was not playing well at the most important part of the season, and there is less reason to believe that they would have done something significant than there is reason to believe that it might have been just the same story that it had been so many times for Maryland basketball of this era, none of which is to say that if Aaron Wiggins had returned, it would have been impossible for them to do something, for them to make the deepest run they've made under Mark Turgeon, even if it's not to win a national championship, to do something more significant than what they've done so far, which is, unfortunately, nothing. Well, they would have, of course, been better.
0: There's no doubt they would have been better On paper, they would have
1: absolutely been better. There's no question about that. They might still prove to be a good team, even without Aaron Wiggins. I'm... I got to see that. I got to figure out where that's coming from. They they look now to again be a point guard driven team, a team that's going to revolve around Fats Russell. And I can't pretend that I know enough about Fats Russell to know how far that can take a team. It is very Maryland like for that to be the case. That has been the story of Maryland basketball for a very long time at this point. So, you know, they did. I don't know what to say about it, frankly. But what I know is that this stuff these things that we say they're nonsensical we wanted aaron wiggins back and because we wanted aaron wiggins back we do the thing where we're like well you know i boy i, I hope i hope he was getting the right advice or i hope he made the right decision there is no wrong decision it's hogwash My buddy uh, Paul Novi-Lando sent me a story about Nick Caner-Medley recently. You know, how many games did Nick Caner-Medley play in the NBA in his career? I'm going to say zero. Same as you and I. Jack got a a run for a little bit uh, in Miami, but uh, the same as you and I. Zero. None. Nick Caner-Medley, of course, played no games in the NBA. Played in the Summer League a couple times. Got a couple looks in the Summer League. Played no NBA games. Nick Caner-Medley is about to be 38 years old this fall. And he is still a professional basketball player in France. And Nick Caner Medley, when asked by a hometown newspaper in Maine uh, how much money he's made as a professional. I was just in Maine. Did you bump into Nick Caner Medley while you uh, were there? Yeah, I did. I did he walk up to you and say, you can't beat me, I'm from Maryland?
0: Oh, he told me he made Which the wrong decision.
1: Wouldn't. No, I don't think he did. <laughs> I don't think that because he recently estimated that he's made over $7 million playing professional basketball in his life. So you tell me how it is that Aaron Wiggins' decision to go pro could possibly be the wrong one. You explain that to me.
0: Well, he could have made $7 million in Maryland next year than NIL.
1: Sure could have, pal. Sure could have. <laughs> Just the unbelievable demand for... The jersey sales that to my understanding they still can't profit off of, even after
0: NIL. I was I was trying to dive into that this weekend a little bit, and my understanding it's probably more to do with the school being directly tied to it, right? It's a weird bit. I don't know fully how it works. My
1: understanding right now is that there is no that the the, the night commission, this is the thing we talked to Lynn more about, recommended that the players be allowed to sort of band together, almost unionize, if you will, in order to cut a deal with schools so that schools could put the names on the back of the jerseys. Mm-hmm schools are saying we've got no problem selling the jerseys without the names on the back why are we going to start doing that now sure why would we be concerned
0: to be fair there is no name or
1: image or likeness on that jersey correct it's just the name of the school and a number that's all it is and some colors nothing more than that so why would the school suddenly be all that concerned if they have had no problem selling jerseys without putting the name on it why would they suddenly be all that interested in putting the name on it? Do they think that that would make the jersey sales skyrocket?
0: Well, it would just kill their their argument
1: that they don't need to pay the players. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess it would, but I don't...
0: It's I, just as fine. It's, with
1: it's still, it's all very confusing. Anyway, the moral of the story being, there's there's almost no way. Now, somebody who really wants to try to pretend like they're smart would say, well, it could be the combination of how someone could stand to benefit from another year and where that could elevate them in the draft... And have them more prepared for their professional career, mm-hmm. and make them a better NBA player if that's Long-term the case. Of course, we also that. know that almost no college seniors ever get picked in the lottery in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Ever, Can't, in the last I mean, three. I that years, argument
0: generally applies to underclassmen.
1: Correct. In the last three years, one collegiate senior has been a lottery pick. Do you know who it was?
0: Rui Hachimura.
1: Um, Cameron Johnson is the answer. Yeah, I didn't know. Doing well, by the way. Uh, uh, solid pick. Very happy John about it. John He was out. not a lottery
0: pick. He was not know. a lottery pick.
1: There are guys that have succeeded in the NBA that were college seniors, but they were they're not. Was overwhelmingly not lottery picks. Lottery picks are not seniors. Now, uh, as Scott Van Pelt pointed out last night on Twitter, uh, Gravis Vasquez is the argument for a guy that. Probably wouldn't have been a first-round pick had he come out when he came out. Ended up getting into the first round, and that guarantees your your contract for the first year. And yeah, that's a that's a that's a good thing. Nobody's arguing against that, but it's a one-in-a-million type of scenario, it's also right? A different time than Elsa it was a little bit of a different time yes i, I
0: don't i think that a, since a then it's been more and more we've seen more emphasis placed on potential and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the wrong move for yeah, NBA Yeah, it's, like, it's
1: not drastically different from then to, than than then to now at that point they were already in that era of drafting but it to say it hasn't
0: lessened it
1: certainly sure. hasn't lessened i'm willing to uh, agree on that it is definitely not lessened there's no doubt whatsoever so the likelihood of another season drastically changing Aaron Wiggins' situation?
0: I mean, he could prove he's a more consistent shooter, right? He could prove that he's a go-to scorer, and that's th- still that's unlikely in Maryland. It seems right. Like he's not—he's not playing point. K-
1: could he? M- maybe. Maybe he could. The likelihood of that taking him from again, dras- a drastically different place mm-hmm. in the draft could still is see him being a twenty-something pick this year. Correct. I don't think that it's drastically changing him. Could it change a little bit? Yes. Could there have been a, some sort of benefit? Could you have done something special that makes people remember you? When did uh, Lehman yes. get
0: picked? Second round, right? Uh, I
1: believe he was second round 40 pick, yes. 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 Herder was a first rounder, but Lehman mm-hmm. was not. Herder was also a sophomore. Uh, correct, 100%. Um, and was also not a lottery pick. Um, this is there is it is unlikely that his situation was drastically changing between this year and next could the combination of whatever small change there could have been and
0: if he ends up being like exper- a 50 percent three-point shooter in his in this, right yeah
1: and experiencing something special during your final season of college that was part of the reason why Graves vasquez returned is because he believed he had the chance to experience something special they ended up uh, sharing an ACC title. Aaron Wiggins was already part of uh, sharing a conference title at this point. Um, unfortunately, a potential run to the Final Four was cut short by Corey Lucius. Um, hitting a dagger at the end of the game, we'll never know what happened. So Gravis Vasquez didn't get to do that. I mean, he got to win like an individual award. He was named the Bob Cousy Award winner as top point guard in basketball. So we'll always have that. He'll always be a very popular figure at Maryland. But Gravis Vasquez was already a very popular figure at Maryland, whereas Aaron Wiggins is kind of more of a guy. He's not necessarily a beloved figure. He didn't get to play in the tournament the year before. They didn't get to play in front of fans this year. for the mo- Like There just hasn't been the same opportunity for him <laughs> Aaron to Aaron Wiggins
0: become. and Jake Lehman have some parallels where it's like, oh, this guy could be really good. Um, but we haven't yeah, this, seen him I, I, do it at maryland really
1: right i i would probably argue that jake Lehman was a more popular
0: player maybe so, during
1: his time at maryland just because he had but sort it was always of, talked about. Oh, we saw a little bit more of his personality
0: as an nba talent his skill yeah, set yeah there was a lot of that there's better no suited doubt. for the nba than no maybe doubt. college we saw, we saw a lot of that there's no question about it
1: there is no th- there is no wrong decision there's none and you can hear from players that say, in hindsight, I wish I would have stayed. But that doesn't mean that their situation would have been any different if they had stayed. It's something that John Gilchrist has said a number of times over the years. Of course, John Gilchrist in a far different situation and a far different era of basketball. John Gilchrist will go back and say, I wish I would have stayed. I don't know if he could have, because I don't know how interested John Gilchrist was in school at that point. I wish I would have stayed. Okay. Would that have changed anything? Would that have made your career lengthier? It might have given you another memory or two that would have been neat. Would it have drastically changed your branding opportunities? There are some people whose accomplishments on the collegiate floor change their branding opportunities because they're forever associated with Mm -hmm. something special that occurred. Maybe. Maybe. But it's slim. The chances of that are slim. Let's be fair. So, what reason was there? The truth is, this was this was the right decision. And by the way, if he had returned to school for whatever reason, that would have been fine too. I didn't really understand why Jalen Smith came back for a second season, but he did.
0: Probably helped himself.
1: Maybe draft wise. Maybe would think. I don't right? know. He would have
0: been a top ten pick. I
1: don't know, but.
0: There was of been a first round. Pick there, there definitely sure.
1: were a lot of people that believed he could have been a lottery pick just based on potential. Um, I don't know how much it helped him. In fact, somebody might argue that time wise it ended up hurting him because after he got drafted, there wasn't a summer league, there wasn't a full off season for him to find his way into being a part of the rotation, and he didn't get to play much as a rookie. The unique there
0: circumstances, obviously.
1: Understand. Understand their unique circumstances. But risk is something that has to factor into all of these decisions. Unfortunately, guys get hurt, and while some of them are insured, that doesn't mean that one injury at a certain point couldn't ultimately derail what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Risk is a major factor in making these decisions. There's no wrong decision. We are selfish. It's the wrong decision for us. We desperately want Maryland basketball to be relevant again, and we're trying to find a roadmap to that happening, and Aaron Wiggins being a part of the team seemed like a more likely scenario for that to occur this season than without him. And because of that, and because the fact that he's not an obvious top five or ten pick, we say these things. Well, I hope he's getting good advice. What is the bad advice he could be getting
0: I don't think it's quite like a he got game sort of thing where it's like, like yeah what
1: what 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 possible bad advice could he be getting
0: we we Unless he's signing away is you know like he's signed up with an advisor who's proven to prey on their athletes and yeah, so steal take their all money. their money yes. that's
1: a completely different scenario than whether going back to school is the right decision or not that's a different conversation oh, yeah. i I hope that all young people make have, have good people in their life that don't steal their money. Like, I hope that's the case. But the notion that we can go back and judge this on someone's NBA success and say, well, Diamond Stone made the wrong decision because he's already out of the league. Diamond Stone is still playing professional basketball somewhere, and nobody thinks the Diamond Stone would have been drastically better had he returned for a second season. It seemed like the Diamond Stone thing was over after year one in College Park, that there was no interest. He didn't appear to be interested in going to school whatsoever. He wouldn't have been eligible to come back for another year, which is regularly, Jordan Williams went through that once upon a time at Maryland, where he couldn't have come back for another year because he didn't buy. Going to any classes in the second half of his, uh, I believe that was his sophomore I season. Believe that's for like the closest
0: thing you can relate to here, right? I,
1: I I actually went to a lot of classes. I didn't go to all of them, but I went to more than I believe Jordan Williams went to. when Jordan Williams was a student at Maryland, I believe. I I would I would take that bet that I attended a few more classes than Jordan Williams did over the years. Not always sober. Not always in the right mind. Not always in the right class. Not always in the right class. Sometimes I would show up. For a history of jazz, and it would turn out that uh, jazz flute. That yeah, that was my Tuesday class, not my Wednesday class. Something along those lines. What'd you learn in that class? <sighs> I
3: learned a lot about actually. Utah. You know, yeah, I learned a
1: lot about Utah. Correct, the land of the jazz. That's mm-hmm. what everybody knows it as, is the land of the jazz. So there's that, and yes, it's a bummer. We'll talk more about it with Patrick Stevens here in a minute. It's a bummer, and you know, there's still there's still veterans on this Maryland basketball team. New pieces that are coming in. The other point, as I always give away my column, um this is not an excuse. This does not get to be an excuse. This is we don't standard get standard to, operating to, procedure. Correct. This is how college basketball works. Right. You don't get to look back at the end of next year and say
0: Oh, well, we lost yeah, our best player. Well,
1: but only if they had only had Aaron Wiggins.
0: We were lucky to uh, have him for three years.
1: Correct. Probably. Imagine if all of the teams in college basketball got to keep all of their good players for four years. Yeah, it used to happen. I mean, once upon a time, that was a
0: thing. Had JB but like
1: the notion that Maryland should be allowed to keep the, – the, the, the way the co- competition should work next year is all the other players lose – or all the other teams lose their good players, but Maryland gets to have Aaron Wiggins? Mm-hmm. It's nonsense. I think it's clever. It, oh, it's a hell of an idea if yeah. you can make it work. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. If you can figure out a way to force yeah. it, it's a hell of an idea, and we should look into it. This is the system. This is the competition that you have signed up for. The coach is getting a $17 million extension because he's got to coach up the players that he has and develop them into being ready now. You don't get to say, well, it was a bunch of new faces at the end of next year. Well, it was tough because you had all these transfers that were coming in and you were asking freshmen to play earlier. That's the way the sport works. That's college basketball. Period. Sometimes people get lucky. Sometimes there are scenarios where a good player maybe got hurt, didn't get to show all the things that he wanted to show, and does decide to come back. And you are a little bit more fortunate in that way. You get a bit luckier, or a good player just isn't thought of as a particularly strong pro
0: prospect. Oh, the best example probably of somebody who benefit. actually this is a senior who was a lottery pick, but he healed. probably was the most beneficial of this whole conversation.
1: Mm, uh, there's no doubt, right?
0: Now, they didn't win a national
1: championship. No. Didn't change but He that. definitely
0: it, uh, increased his value in yeah, his senior I mean, year. Sure, you know?
1: sure. I mean, I, I don't know that. I got to be honest with you. I don't know that. I think he did, but I don't know exactly where he would have been if he had come out after his junior year. I don't know that. He certainly was a, a, a hell of a senior player. There's no debate about that. He was it was a hell of a player for four years. Um. Luca Garza isn't thought of as a pro
0: prospect
1: significantly.
0: It's a different story than Wiggins, right? Like he's a a college basketball player who was thought
1: of as more of a pro prospect. I understand. What I'm saying is in talking about
0: Wiggins is more of a fit for the NBA than Luka Garza.
1: I understand that. What I'm talking about is the teams that happen to get to keep their players for longer. Sometimes you get lucky that a good college basketball player is not thought of highly Mm -hmm. as a pro prospect, and so you get to keep that player for a little bit longer than you might otherwise. Jordan Bohannon. Sure, somebody along those lines. These things occur sometimes, and teams get lucky in that way, that they get to keep their good players. But you don't get to assume it. There should have been no assumption that Aaron Wiggins was going to be in College Park for four seasons. As Kyle pointed out, they're probably lucky that he was there for three this is the reality. It's not – you don't get to use it as an excuse. You don't get to say, well, you know, Maryland just – they just didn't – they didn't have the talent that other teams had. That's that's on this program. This program picks what talent they have.
0: You, you say if only Wiggins had returned for his fourth year, well, go around college basketball. Correct.
1: Every t- program has that.
0: Maryland would not be the best team if everyone stuck around for four years.
1: It wouldn't be close. <laughs> yeah wouldn't be in the conversation. That's, my, that's the point about, you know, Maryland would get to keep Aaron Wiggins, but nobody else gets to have their guys. It's not an excuse that you get to use later. Sure, it was a disappointing season, but that's because they lost Aaron Wiggins. They should have been assuming that they were going to lose Aaron Wiggins, and putting together a roster that was ready to go compete for a national championship, I get it, only one team wins the national championship, but to compete for one, assuming that Aaron Wiggins wasn't going to be there.
0: From UCF. They
1: won it with the other teams. Thank you. That, that wasn't in basketball, though. But that you wasn't, get it. Still, I understand what you're saying, yeah. but it didn't happen in basketball. Yeah. Right? Only one team gets to win a basketball okay. national thank championship you. because they have a tournament thank that you. crowns a national champion and everybody gets to participate I in it. Nobody the gets. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So there's that portion of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the summer menu is available now. Oh, I am excited about the Glory Days Grill summer menu. The summer faves, like the very berry salad with grilled chicken. Oh, I remember that from last summer. It was so good. Uh, and the uh, the shrimp po' boy, so much more, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com in order to find out more. Uh, congratulations to Cedric Mullins. I am certainly happy for him, but it is a I, am, I have not been able to celebrate as much as a lot of people have. Um, Cedric, Wait, should,
0: should, it, should it be mutually exclusive?
1: I, it's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to do because the, the problem was it was always most likely that the Orioles would only get one all-star. And with no offense to Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini should be the
0: all-star. At a rough June for what it's worth.
1: That's fine. I understand this thing that I keep I keep talking about this forever, the people that think that recognition in the All-Star game should be about the first three months of any given season, I will never agree with you. That will never happen. This thing where we robotically say the guys with the best numbers for three months are the guys that should be on the All-Star team, I'll never agree with you. You and I Eternally. disagree here, but It's insane.
0: I understand that it's a TV show. I'm not going to ignore that that's still the reality here. Mm-hmm. But... Ultimately, I still do. What think, is the
1: point of rewarding someone for three months of baseball play? What is the point of that? That's
0: what you've played so far in the season during which this All Star Game is set. Right, like it's the 2021 All Star Game. So in theory, right, that's right why the it's 2021 absurd. performance should be what dictates it. That and doesn't I'm,
1: make any sense. How does it
0: not make sense?
1: Because there is an entire body of what you're saying. Essentially, is that uh, August and September and July should never matter. No. That that's the in this context. That's not what why, I'm saying. Then why do they not matter?
0: Well, they don't play the game then, right? Like, that's not how that's worked, right? So that was last season. You would be honored in the MVP race for anything like that. So the
1: all-star game is just pointless. Yeah, to an extent. Okay, so that gets back to the original point. The All-Star Game is pointless. It's a television show. It is. You should put your best television show together.
0: I hear you. Look, that, that's I,
1: the that's the answer. The I notion that an All-Star the... Game should be about three specific months of a season is insane. It's stupid, and we get so caught up in it because we're able to just look at numbers and say, well, we can define who the best players are for three months. Who gives a flying F? Cedric Rollins. No doubt, Cedric Mullins this year cares about that, and I hope that Cedric Mullins at the end of the season has the same numbers. I hope the next year Cedric Mullins has the same numbers, and I'm not rooting against Cedric Mullins. I love Cedric Mullins. God bless him. Cedric Mullins, huh? Did I just say Cedric Mullins? I love him too. <laughs> I, who doesn't enjoy a good Cedric Mullins? The All-Star Game should not be about who are the guys having the best three months. It should play a factor. It should play a role in deciding who those players are. The All-Star Game should be a place guys who deserve to be there Trey Mancini's career makes him deserving of being there Cedric Mullins three months have been great and if there was a spot for him too I would love for him to be also on the all-star team but it was a much higher priority for me for Trey Mancini to be there than it was for Cedric Mullins Cedric Mullins, if you get to keep playing like this, you can be an all-star 100 times in your career. If the team was better, there would have been no problem. He obviously would have been on on the all-star team. And I would have liked for both guys to have made it. This is not me rooting against Cedric Mullins. It's the problem that comes with having a bad team and only getting to have one all-star. And it's the problem that I have with the way that people are treating the all-star game. Like The all-star game should only be a reflection of three months of baseball. And that's nuts. It's nuts. It's saying that the other months of the year will never matter for the All-Star game, and that's crazy. That's bonkers. That will never make a
0: lick of sense. So your alternative is a proposal that they do it like the Pro Bowl and have it after the year? Like, what...
1: Well, they're never going to do that, I but yes. That. It, I, it, no, my proposal is recognize that the All-Star game doesn't matter, that it's silly that, to have this exercise at this point, well, that this the never... The fan
0: voting aspect sort of acknowledges that in its own, right? right? And
1: that's the point. The point to me is recognize that and make decisions about having stars there that everybody knows and the stories that need to be told and the guys that have been deserving for some time. That Nick Markakis had to wait as long as he did to reach an All-Star game because he just didn't happen to have the explosive numbers or were on the good teams at a certain point in the season when you would look at the end of the year and say, boy, this guy definitely was the best player on the team or the most deserving of this group of guys to be there, is crazy. It's crazy that we ignore this in favor of who are the guys that are having the best three months.
0: I mean, to be fair, right? Like, and I understand it's three months, so it's not, you cannot draw these sweeping conclusions, but there's little doubt right now who the best player in the team right now for the no, Orioles nobody is. Nobody is
1: arguing that. What I'm saying is that standard doesn't matter. It do, it's irrelevant to me. Cedric Mullins is having a hell of a three months and he might be for the next 10 years the best Oriole. Period. That might be the case. If he is, we won't have to worry about this. This will not be a debate. Carmen, you are. Maybe. Maybe. You might be this time. This time you might be right. This is, it's so eternally silly that we are obsessed with it's gotta be about the guys that are having the best three months, as if that's written in a book somewhere.
0: I think part of it is that he's and, one of the guys in baseball. I mean, like he's he's among the five best players and, in baseball for three months, you know? I
1: I that's why I wanted them both. But the nature of being a terrible team is that you don't get that. You don't get to have multiple players. And ultimately it's more important to me that Trey Mancini gets there. I hear you. And it will be that important to me. And I don't feel bad, I wouldn't have felt bad for Cedric Mullins if that been the case, because he would have plenty of opportunities to get there. So it's a weird spot that I'm in. I'm happy for Cedric Mullins, because he actually deserves it. This isn't like when Ty Wigginton made an all-star team. He deserves to be recognized this way, and I get it. A lot of people are arguing that he should be a starter, and, and maybe he like should. That. I don't know, but it's based on the standard they of three months. They haven't announced They haven't announced Mike Trout's yeah. replacement, no. So it's, it absolutely could still be the case, but we're basing all of these things on the standard of three months of baseball, and that makes no sense.
0: Historic three months, though.
1: Hell of a three months. Nobody's debating that. It's just not an appropriate standard to me. Um, Orioles get, by the, or get, sweeped, get swept by the Angels. I mean, what am I to say? They were, they were entertaining games a couple of times. They were uh, so fun, Mullins a big home run. fun to look at. Yeah, I mean, at the moment it was... Didn't turn out to be, ultimately. But at the moment, it it felt like an awesome, hey, a guy just got named an all-star and look at him uh, hitting the go-ahead home run. Wasn't meant to last, unfortunately. Um, I've got nothing else to say about it because I don't care about the wins and losses. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. Patrick Stevens is going to join us. We'll talk more about where Maryland is now without Aaron Wiggins moving forward. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
0: Sports and Social, Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at live casino and hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at sports. Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Here it.
4: Watch out!
3: For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com
5: today. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, letter S memorabilia.com and remember you always have a chance to be great
0: redefine your skills inspire change and make a difference the army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves while also improving who they will become individually soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways the army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters visit goarmy.com
3: The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand. Carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms
1: hi it's glenn clark for window nation when it comes to cost and quality window nation has you covered saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same if not better quality want detail window nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit and after they install your new windows they leave your home cleaner than it was before get 50 percent off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866 90 nation or visit windonation.com tell them glenn clark sent you WindowNation, the perfect
0: fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
6: You you are listening to Glenn Clark Radio, radio at
0: Don't let the insurance
1: industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. John, I thought the manager's selections for the All-Star Game were customary to pick guys who deserved it but weren't voted by the fans. Is this all changed now? No, I mean, that's what they're... They're doing... I'm saying I have a problem with the standard for which someone is, is labeled deserving. Or it's a very... That's not even true. It's a very unique situation here.
0: Mancini hasn't been like playing out of his mind to the point where it would be a foregone conclusion no, that this the is managers that, would that choose that to him. No, To me, you know?
1: and, and my... Under, and I had talked to a baseball person maybe a month ago who said, baseball's not going to get this wrong. They're going to go to Kevin Cash and they're going to say, dude, th- this guy needs to be on the team. Now, maybe... In talking to the person that had told me that, maybe there was a bit of a change of heart after Trey Mancini signed up for the Home Run Derby. They felt like this is publicity. That enough. was enough. I still think that's a mistake. Like, why? Why would you want? It's on a different network. There's a different audience. Why would like you, you want less? You make the argument
0: in theory that you'd have more cumulative time to talk about him during the Derby than you would in the All Star Game, where you M- might be playing. Only maybe, one but inning, you literally
1: you know? have a stand-up-to-cancer moment during the All Star Game sure. every year um the thought would be that perhaps there still could be he's going we already know that Trey Mancini is going to be in Denver if someone else bows out he would be an easy person that would be right there to say congratulations now you're on the team um I believe that was actually how Jim Tomey made his first ever all-star game it's just because it was in Cleveland and he didn't leave town old and, opposable
0: thumb, huh yeah
1: and he just happened to be right there and they were like hey man we need somebody come on over and that was how he was uh an all-star for the first time if I remember correctly. Um I just it's the right now, it's a very unique standard. C- Cedric Mullins, if if the measurement is who's having the best season, no debate. There's no debate about that. But in the very unique circumstance of, hey, one guy from this Orioles team can be an all- star. Who was your priority to be on the all- star team? Right now, it would have been Trey Mancini. And the yes, but Cedric Mullins is having the best three months does not outweigh to me a career recognition. Someone who is deserving of that recognition for a totality of what they done they've done in baseball and off the field. Those two things that, that, that this side of the pendulum way up here. Or this side of the the weight, the scale. That's what I meant to say. The scale, way up here. Right? That's the way that I would have gone about doing it. And that's the point that I was trying to make. And from Dan, Dan says, uh, Glenn, I understand what you're saying. I still think the players can make bad decisions when it comes to this. I think there are some guys that just decide they don't want to be in college anymore that would have been certain. If they decide they don't want to be in college anymore, what? How, how would that be a good thing for them to come back? They don't want to be there. Come on, man. man. Just think. Think. Use your brain. Use your brain a little bit. Opportunity for us to uh, have an off-season conversation with our uh, next guest, of course, who you follow on Twitter at discourse d1s course. That's how you follow him. Here's our friend Patrick Stevens, and he's with us now here on GCR. Patrick, I apologize, and I we've been playing phone tag for the last week. Thank you for taking a couple minutes for me. Hope your summer's going well.
4: It, it is, and by the way, you're you're basically singing my tune there with what I heard coming in there with what you were just saying.
1: I mean, um, yeah. I I wrote, I'm writing about it today at PressBoxOnline.com, Patrick. I don't really know how anyone can make a wrong decision in these circumstances, right? Like, it's their decision. And I think that 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 basketball fans, fans of a team, are trying to say, I'm disappointed this this player won't be on my favorite team next year. So instead, they try to make it seem like they're saying something super smart, like, boy, I hope this guy isn't getting bad advice. If the guy has decided it's time to go, then it's time to go. Like, that... That's the end of it. I don't know what else there is to
4: say. Well, there's also this argument, too, right? Like, wh- whatever, whoever you are playing basketball, your, your, your window for making money playing basketball closes by the time you're 40 and probably by the time you're in your early to mid-30s for, for most guys. So, every year that you're playing where you're not getting paid, and obviously there's a little bit of money that could be had there now with the NIL stuff, but any any year that you're not pay you know getting paid uh, a full time salary to play basketball is money left on the table. And while you might not necessarily make as much money in Serbia as you do in Sacramento, uh, or as much money, yep, uh, you know you know basically you know pick your pick your scenario there, right? Yep, as much money in in Lithuania as you might in in, in New Orleans or something like that. You're still getting paid. You're still may- having a pretty good life.
1: I, I found so, I found a story that was written in Maine recently about Nick Caner Medley, Patrick Stevens, who estimated that in his pro basketball career he's made over seven million dollars. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And he was a guy who never. I mean, he played in the summer league a little bit, but he never really sniffed the NBA.
4: But you know, if you play 15 years overseas, you can you can have a nice living. Correct. And. You know, it's the, the the thought that oh, if you if you go undrafted, like that's it. Well, no, yes, <laughs> not in the slightest. Nope. And so if you're if you're 21 or 22, it's you know there's nothing wrong with going to make money. And you know what, you can come back and get the college degree if it's really important to you. And you know we could we could run we could run down all that all the list there, right? Yep. But the important thing there is that it's not you know not getting drafted doesn't doom you to failure. And and frankly. Getting drafted, it doesn't qualify you as a success. Although, if you get a guaranteed contract in the first round, yeah, I mean, there is something to be said that you're you're certainly starting from a from a good spot. No doubt,
1: no doubt. But it doesn't I mean, like, Graves Vazquez got one of those. It didn't keep him in the league for seven years. You know, like, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't guarantee that that's going to keep you in the NBA for some time um, just because you get that initial guaranteed contract. All right, so the real question, Patrick, is is Maryland, right? Like, that there were a lot of people that wanted to believe that if somehow Aaron Wiggins decided to stay, it could set up for a particularly special type of Maryland team. Tangibly, how, how much is this different now? What does this mean for Maryland with no Wiggins and also no Daryl Morcel?
4: Well, with those two guys, and let's focus more on, on Wiggins, because it, it seemed like Marcel was was more likely to be gone you know, degree in hand, all of that to, be, to begin with, right? Um, Wiggins was maybe a little bit more of a wild card. Sure. So, so the question is, is you know, if Wiggins isn't there, who's getting Wiggins' minutes that, you know, he would have otherwise had? And the, and the answer is probably some combination of James Graham uh, and, you know, Pakeem Hart, uh, and, and, and maybe you throw an Ian Martinez in there, maybe you throw an Ike Cornish in there, right? So some of those are unknown. Like, I mean, I don't think – I don't have a sure. – I don't know how good I Cornish yep. Uh So, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing that, that happens there is, you know, you're, you're, you're a little more vulnerable in the backcourt. But I think, too, already having Dante Scott uh, and Kudus Wahab, you kind of knew that it, this was not going to be one of those years where they were going to be playing a lot of those four-guard sets. Like, that was pretty much set. Um, and in fact, you know, to bring more cell back into it, you know, I don't think they would have necessarily needed somebody with more self defensive versatility that could guard one through four if need be because of the construction of the roster this year as opposed to what they had a year ago. So, you know, I think that the ceiling probably goes down a little bit. Certainly, how good are they going to be in, in November and December goes down a bit. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I was ever completely convinced that this was going to be a top-ten team to begin with. Yep. Uh, but I don't know if the overall ceiling for the season dramatically goes down. I mean, is it worth a game or two? Maybe. Um, but, but I think that they're still going to be a rock-solid, you know, top-five in the Big Ten, top-25 to-30 nationally type of team. And, and, and that's about what I thought going into all.
1: Is it, is it fair to assume that this is going to be reminiscent of a lot of Maryland teams now in that this team is going to run through the point guard? It's going to be sort of Fats Russell's team to begin with, and, you know, that, that Wiggins was the one guy that could maybe be the difference in, in that style of basketball being what we saw next season?
4: Yeah, I mean, remember, like, you know, it's funny that as, as big a deal as, as we're going to make of this, it, it's, it, you know, Aaron Wiggins didn't lead leave the team in scoring right. You know, that was Eric Ayala. Um and so I, I now granted, you know, let's not kid ourselves, Aaron Wiggins played a lot better towards the end of the season. You're kind of finally waiting for the for 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 that breakout stretch and it came there from about you know, I'd say probably after that Penn State game, uh, in in early February. From then on he was he was really, really good. Uh but yeah, I I think that you know you say it's fast Russell's team. I mean, I think in a lot of ways it's Derek Ayala's team. Just okay. he's been around for four years, you know. And I was I was kind of toying around with the scoring list and thinking, well, what if he scores another five hundred or so points? Because that's you know that's about fifteen and a half points a game, which isn't far off of what he did last year uh, over like thirty some games. And where does that leave him, you know, career wise in Maryland? And it's in it's funny Nick Caner Medley territory, LaRon Profit, Jake Layman, James Gist, those sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and all of those guys, I think you would have said, you know, uh, maybe to a lesser extent, Layman, but but certainly a Caner Medley or a gift. You know, those those were their teams, uh, their senior year. So I think I think this is Eric Ayala's team. But I agree that Fats Russell is going to have his, have the ball in his hands a lot this year.
1: Patrick Stevens is with us here on Glen Clark, right? And I think the only reason I say that is just because like, they didn't seem to have that point guard a year ago, and I don't know. I just feel like. When that guy arrives, and knowing what we've seen of Mark Turgeon basketball, it just sort of feels like it's—it's almost—it's an—it's a trap situation. It's almost Admiral Akbar, right? Like it's just <laughs> going to become a point guard team again. That—that's the way that it's going to go. But
4: I, I certainly yeah, I, I mean, there's un, there's there's an understandable reason for saying that, right? Yeah. so There's there's the progression from Stoglin to Wells to Trimble to Cowan. Yep. And you know, of all those guys, only only Wells was a guy that didn't have the ball in his hands all the time, basically. Yep. Um, but you know. It's funny, because the next step to that, when you start thinking about, well, you know, it's a a team defined by its point guard, is the one thing that we haven't talked about a lot over the last couple years, which is the turnover issue. You know, everybody complained for years and years and years, and understandably so, uh, about how Maryland committed too many turnovers, and that that actually hasn't been a problem last year or the year before. The year before, obviously, you have a senior point guard in Anthony Cowan, Jr. Last year, you didn't have that, and it still wasn't really a problem. So... You know, I think if nothing else, if you're Maryland, you hope that you've solved that problem of uh, point, you know, dominant point guard or no dominant point guard. And that some combination, you know, in all likelihood of Russell and Ayala, I mean, it might not be that much different than what we saw with Cowan and Ayala. Uh, where you know, I think Eric had the ball in his hands. I wouldn't say he was, you know, the point guard on about more than maybe a third of the possessions. But, you know, he brought the ball up the court a fair amount, too. So wouldn't be stunning if, if – the duties are split in a, in a similar fashion this
1: year. What else has been going on that, that I mean like every the only college story that anybody's been talking about is NIL. It doesn't actually impact anything related to the games that we played. What else has been going on since say the Mike Šeshevsky announcement that maybe is more interesting a player that's returning that that could impact college basketball that maybe wasn't expected to. What else what headlines have we been not paying attention to because it's not college basketball season that might be more interesting by the time we actually get to the start of the
4: season? Well, I think a lot of it's just guys making their their decisions as to whether to remain in school or to to ultimately stay in the draft. Um, and and you could run down any any number of guys uh, that fit that list. So, but you know, overall, I, I do think that a good chunk of the stuff that's been going on has been. Very much overshadowed by yeah. you know who happened to be making some money from a burger joint or whatever, which you know good for everybody for being able to do that
1: one hundred percent one hundred percent
4: but yeah it, it's you know i, I think I, I I think the one thing that you definitely do take away is that there's been a fair bit of kind of you know waiting to see how some of these decisions go and who ultimately jumped into the in, onto the transfer wire at the last second uh, but I, I, I think there's probably a few more key guys still to come on that front, but uh, I think overall, you know, it's been much more draft-oriented than anything else.
1: All right. Uh, Are you surprised at all that did Petromala couldn't get a head coaching job?
4: Well, there wasn't any that opened up. Yeah. Besides Syracuse. So, I mean, he wasn't going to take a D2 or D3 job. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair that this is the step, right? uh, so So I would say... You know that that he said he went zero for one, and Syracuse hired Gary Gate Doesn't come down as a as a giant shock. I, I will say that I think that's a a great hire for Syracuse to to bring Petro in. Oh, no question. Yeah, that's uh that that's one of those things that gets your attention, uh for sure. Although it is worth pointing out, um, you know, I, I think Petromala is a is a more relevant figure to you know people that are. Getting recruited right now than than Gary Gate is simply because you know Gary Gates' indoor career what ended about ten ten years or so ago. That's a great point. Uh, you know you you get that situation where you know if a guy's you know hasn't played since the since the you know current recruiting crop was like seven or eight years old, it, it might not have as much resonance as you think it does. But I I think ultimately uh, you know Gary knows Syracuse uh, and he also knows that you know basically hiring a head coach for defense, which is essentially what that looks like. Uh, has a chance to be really, really uh, an an effective uh, decision on his part. So a good start, I think, for the gate era up in Syracuse, bringing Petro on.
1: All right, so let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player has played for? Um, I've got a a, a tough five-team guy, and then we'll see how that goes before I decide which of the four-team guys that I give you we begin Our five-teamer, I I don't remember many of these teams, but he was a three-time All-Star and a four-time Gold Glove Award winner. He also won a Silver Slugger. He went by the nickname of Dat Dude. Five teams for Brandon Phillips is our first player today.
4: Brandon Phillips. Okay. Well, Brandon Phillips was definitely a Cincinnati Red.
1: Yep, he spent the bulk ten years of his career with the Cincinnati Yeah, that's that's
4: the one that I remember most. Of course, there's
1: one other multi-year stop. In his career Um, And one other that I remember Was
4: he in Cleveland at the
1: start? Yeah, he was in Cleveland at the start Absolutely Spent four seasons in Cleveland Okay Um, I feel like at the end He was in Boston He was At the very end in 2018 He was in Boston
4: Am I remembering Atlanta? That was
1: the one that I oddly remembered He spent like a half a season with Atlanta I believe he was in a significant trade And that's the reason why I remember it I believe um, It wasn't significant But he was in a
4: trade (laughs) Take it back (laughs) He was traded. And to so I'm missing one he, spot for he, Brandon
1: Phillips. He was traded again in 2017, despite the fact that he played pretty well in Atlanta. Um, he was traded again and spent the final month of the 2017 season elsewhere.
4: Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure about that. am maybe San Francisco. Uh, you
1: know what? You were you were sniffing around. It was on the West Coast. It was the Angels was the okay. other stop. But four for five on Brandon Phillips means that I don't have to give you something stupid easy as far as a four teamer is concerned. So instead, I will give you a three-time All-Star, and a man who went on to become a successful, uh, at times controversial manager, four teams for Ozzie Guillen.
4: Ozzie Guillen played for four teams? He did.
1: I, I remembered three of them right off the top of my head, by the way. So I thought, All right.
4: Well, he was definitely with the White of Sox. Of course. Where he Spent the, rookie, the bulk of his rookie. career with the White Sox. He was an Oriole.
1: He was time. in 1998 when they were trying to figure out uh, how they would move forward from those two good seasons. He was in uh, an Oriole.
4: Uh, Atlanta?
1: That was where he went for the two seasons following. So you remember the three that I remembered off the top. I did not remember this last stop.
4: So what were the years
1: on his? It was 2000. He finished in his, 2000. Yep, he finished his career
4: throw Tampa in
1: there. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you got it.
4: Why would I ever doubt you?
1: Why would I ever doubt you? At Discourse, D1Scourse on Twitter is how you follow him. Um, I, I, you're doing, I know you're doing some baseball, but uh, is, I, I, I'm not sure what else I can plug for you, Patrick. Do you have any stories not, coming not in much anywhere? Not right now,
4: unfortunately. Right.
1: Patrick, appreciate it. I'll be in touch. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, my friend.
4: Take care, Glenn.
1: Patrick Stevens, of course, of course, would come up with Ozzy Gian as a Tampa Bay Devil, right? Because, of course, he would. I have no recollection of that whatsoever in my life, that he finished his career in Tampa. Uh, hour number one of today's program is in the books. Uh, if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan, Charles, and Ross Grimsley caught up with El Presidente, the great Dennis Martinez, Orioles Hall of Famer, one of the great pitchers of an era. Tremendous conversation, lots of laughs. If you missed it, find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports by clicking on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com. Stan Shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. When we come back in, we will, uh, oh, we got to get the young Utes. We will find out what's going on uh, in the world of the young. And uh, still to come this hour, Adam Rank from NFL.com, as well as Olympian Katie Zafiris from Carroll County. All that coming up. It's Glenn Clark Radio from Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
5: Hey, everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty's Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's great, the number eight, letter S, memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great.
3: Here, in watch out! for the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today.
0: 797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis.
1: The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer
4: today. Baseball is back in full in 2021 and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the Bat Around right here at Pressbox Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressboxOnline.com slash the Bat Around or at Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. That's the Bat Around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Pressbox Sports.
3: It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms.
6: This, this is Park Park Radio. Radio. Nothing but net.
1: Into hour number two of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. The place to be on Saturday night for the big fight, of course, is sports and social Maryland at Live Casino and Hotel. It's an amazing new sports bar with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, an extensive beer selection, big eats in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. Get your tickets right now. There are still some seats available at Sports and Social for Saturday night UFC 264. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Go to LiveCasinoHotel.com to get them. Seating is limited. So get your tickets right now for Saturday night and UFC 264 at Sports and Social Maryland. I have been. It is awesome. I played bubble hockey for like 30 minutes at one point. I almost forgot there were sports on to watch. It's just, it is, you ever, um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a chain that's that's quite popular that has some games, right? But you look around and you're like, it is nothing but children. This is a different vibe. This is the things that you like about that place, but eliminate all the things you don't like and just make it a haven for hanging out, watching sports. And again, as we all know, gambling is coming legally to the state of Maryland, and this is going to be the place to do it because the sports book is going to be right there. Sports and Social Maryland. Be there Saturday night, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. All right, into hour number two of the program. Jack, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> Japanese, I, think.
1: I did the whole thing this time. Did you? For the most part. Um, It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes brought to you by Window Nation. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call Window Nation. Right now, Window Nation is offering you an amazing deal. This deal is ridiculous. Window Nation is offering you 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, no money down, no payments, no interest for 24 months. Two full years. 86690 nation or WindowNation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation. The perfect fit. Jack... You had a weekend away, except you didn't use it for whatever odd. I don't know what the hell was going on there. Got a lot of questions about that. Jack said he didn't find out until 3 o'clock, which smells to me like maybe he could have come in before 3 o'clock, but that's okay. We reconfigured his internship this summer to make up for the day day off that he needed on Friday that he didn't actually need. What's been going on in the world of the young since the last time we talked? So, um... Over the weekend,
2: Bronny James's AAU team played against LeBron James's old, uh high school team in their basketball stadium, the same like, Vincent. Like Saint
1: Vincent Saint Yeah What is it, St. Vincent St. It was in Saint that, Saint
2: that basketball stadium and LeBron obviously is not in the NBA finals, so he's right. be, he's he's a parent for the summer and he attended he's a parent his for the year. Well, yeah, but I think his parenting
1: yeah. continues. Um
2: so he was in attendance
1: for the game and Towards the end of the game, I, I actually have a qu- like. Is this common that an AAU team plays yeah, against uh, uh like a, a regular high school team? I thought AAU teams just don't played high
0: against school it. teams play on AAU teams. Also, what if they were playing a team? Yeah, know, like I got. I it do it have.
1: Is, I do actually have some questions about this. I don't think Jack has the answers. though.
2: No, I believe it was just the game was played at LeBron's.
1: Well, um, Andrew, and I, you, the you already mentioned that. I'm yeah. saying I'm not asking that question. <laughs> what I'm asking is, is this? How clear, often is this sort of clearly thing? Clearly, this was something that was arranged because it's a neat story, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna bring. You know, we want LeBron coming back to the alma mater and his LeBron son high is school be, with his son playing. Correct, LeBron State. high school. Yeah, that, I get all that, but is that normal? Like, does this happen
0: during the course of the summer? I wasn't aware there was much cross-pollination between, between AAU, AAU and teams high and high school and teams.
1: teams. Um,
2: I'm not too familiar, but that's what I was. Yeah, I, I was I afraid
1: mean,
0: that was the case. I was pretty sure that was going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I but want you to do more studying next time. <laughs> all right, as we continue to improve this segment, especially I'm. I'm here for 3 days and I'm gone for for weeks. So I I it's got to be really locked up by the time uh, KZ takes over on Friday, <laughs> all right? Because if you think I don't know much. Wait till you meet now. Um Stan, you actually know Stan. Wait till you meet him. Um we got to lock that up. But I am fascinated by this. So is there anything that... Yeah, no. So
2: i was get into that. So anyway, during the, uh, the game, the PA announcer kind of made like a little dig towards Bronny and LeBron took personal offense. That so, was basically like... Wait, 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 wait. It was what? basically that like Bronny was getting calls because his dad is LeBron and they're playing in LeBron's high school stadium. So it was kind of like that. So then towards the end of the game, LeBron, once the uh, PA announcer... Uh, made those comments LeBron, so it was the pa announcer not yeah the, so lebron a- kind of stopped the game and made like caused this crazy scene for like a couple minutes kind of going back and forth with the pa announcer so this was the pa
0: yeah. announcer not a play-by-play announcer. this was this was different he was speaking on the microphone like for the, for the in the stadium. arena here they're not supposed to editorialize on that.
2: And um, so basically, it was like uh, LeBron—he's going to get these calls because his dad's
1: LeBron, and that kind of—that kind understand
0: of. understand the context during which a PA announcer would take it upon themselves to say such a thing. I mean, being well,
1: there's a lot going on here. I'm guessing that this is largely an exhibition because, again, I don't think these things are normal. And so, in that case, it might be the PA announcer was asked to be have some more fun, be more involved.
3: The professor
1: probably not that probably <laughs> not quite and one mixtape tour Did, does anyone mixtape tour mean anything to you jack no nah. jesus it sucks Christ. for you dude man nah. that was a glorious time in life um so it's possible that because this was a glorified exhibition that the pa announcer whoever it was a local you know surely he regrets disc it. jockey was told hey man you know try to try to keep everybody entertained might be more of, like we see that with DJs a lot of times during what these this summer games. I'm not going to do that. Not, we'll never, I I will die before you know what my DJ name was. Is it politically we'll incorrect? No, no, it's just embarrassing. Okay. Just embarrassing, that's all. And at this point also, we've managed to 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 keep the bit going for long enough that I'm I'm just never going to I don't even know down. how I would go about
0: finding it out. Maybe on this. the last day of this show. When would that
1: be? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought we might have moved on to bigger and better things by now, Kyle. So who knows when that might be the case. Um. So, so I've got the video here. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Let me let me pull the microphone down. Okay. We can't do this through the the the. Let's see. It doesn't sound like a piano, sir. It sounds like a play-by-play guy.
0: This is good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what this is. Took offense
1: to the announcer saying oh. that he's going get those calls in his gym. Okay. okay so it was the PA announcer and he went over and and he did he, he started acting like a, an idiot that's that's no good
2: which pretty much begs my question I mean I, like that's no don't good. you think if
1: you are LeBron James' kid
2: and you're le- and you're the referee of that game you're not going to give him special treatment. I mean I, I feel mean like, right? like
1: I think I think there's bad on both ends, right? Like you're the PA announcer kind of making it about yourself. And then there's the second level, which is, dude, you're LeBron James, chill the F out. Right. Like just I chill. I mean in the long the run F it's your seventeen year old sounds
2: AAU meaningless basketball right, game and, like, and, and, and the thousands of games he's gonna play. So it's, it's not gonna be the first time. Yeah. I'm sure it's not the last time that Bronny's gonna have to be in a situation where it's LeBron also who's kind of taking the forefront Correct. of everything. Like, so. like
1: settle down, dude. I mean, it, how your life is good. Your <laughs> life is good. Your kids' life is good. Some Jamoke making a joke about your your son getting a call is it's gotta be how can that still get under it, you're LeBron, James. How can that still be a thing that causes you to make a scene? Yeah. I guess there's that, really? right? Like, I guess th- you're you're about to be in a a massive movie that's coming out. Like, settle down, dude. I'm
0: feeling really out on Space Jam too, and I like Space Jam, but yeah, I feel yeah. like the more closer I get, I'm just like, I don't care. I certainly
1: have zero interest in it whatsoever. Um, Why are they making them 3D? I don't know because they can Looney like, Tunes. I- <laughs> If you're really way too worked up about that, man. I'm upset. Why is that something that bothers you? I'm gonna you say a the same thing. simple formula. It's the same thing I'm gonna say to LeBron James: settle down. Simple dude. formula just to adhere down. to. Not worth making a scene. To not not you. worth the Boom. commotion and and all the attention. And it does it distract that further distracts. If what he's mad about is the guy's distracting from his son, well now you're distracting. Right. You're making it ten times worse by distracting from your son. So you know, just. Settle
2: what were the Utes saying? Um. I think it's a little uncalled for. I mean, LeBron just fully stopped the game while it was going on to kind of just, like, cause this crazy, unnecessary scene for...
1: Which doesn't mean... Again, it doesn't necessarily mean... The guy might have been out of line saying what he said. You know what I mean? But, But seriously... Allowing that to get under your skin at this point, I mean, and I think you're goes, LeBron James, and he's some
2: guy. I and mean, I think it goes the same thing for LeBron in the NBA. LeBron's getting calls because he's LeBron. Oh, that's
1: a that's a fact. So. Um, and I would also say that like maybe if you really did have a problem with it, perhaps you address it afterwards hey, with after, the school, right. like you say, hey, I wanted to come back and help you guys out and do something right. for you. Maybe let your announcer know. To not take a shot at my kid right like remember i'm lebron james i wield the power these are typically things that are that go said when nobody's watching mm-hmm. so that it can be known there are certain things that when i go to do jobs i talked about this before i showed up at woodbury forest to do a to do play-by-play for a game and i was told hey man don't take any shots at anyone and i was like well yeah i mean I, they're they're high school kids i don't normally do that like no, just be really careful. These are all like the sons and of senators, like that's that's what this school is. And I was like, Look, if your jumper busted, oh, I'm gonna okay. take a shot at you. Right, I hear you, I hear you. But just keep in mind, these people wield a lot of power, and yeah. you do not. So just just Who's keep that the mind line? as you say things. I, I 100% I understand. All right, next.
2: All right, so this is just a really quick. I know you're pretty big into sports betting, so I figured you would you personally would take. Uh, you would find this pretty enjoyable. So there was a bet slip that came out over the, uh, the weekend, and it was a, t- a two-team,
1: two-person teams Brian Powell, do AAU teams regularly play against high school teams? I, I don't know anything about how that works. I thought what AAU teams – he said, what is your question about AAU versus high school? I got confused what's by what's your wording so? of it. It's a pretty simple question. I don't know what's confusing about it. Do AAU teams regularly play games against high school teams? Is that a normal thing that... I thought AAU teams played against other AAU teams. I didn't know there was... I just don't pay that much attention to like cross-pollination. Do high school teams go out over the summer and no and tour as a high school team? I just don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead. Betting slip. Yeah. So in
2: the beginning of the season, a I don't know who the person was, but somebody took a parlay with Jacob deGrom and Shohei Otani to win their respective MVPs. And he got... Plus 107,000 odds through $467 to win a payout of $500,000. Okay.
0: And. What did he sell it for?
2: Well, that's the big topic. So right now, people are. Why not sell it for $100,000 or $150,000? Because you don't know what the second half of the season is going to be like. If I was in that guy's situation. I'm selling that thing right now. You have no idea what's going to happen. I mean,
1: I, are, is is DeGrom even in The favorite. It's just tough it? to bet on a pitcher to right. win MVP. Right. Like, I think
2: prior to, I, I'm pretty sure. What was it? A couple games ago, they Jacob DeGrom gave up. What was it like? Six runs. Yeah, seven three runs. runs in the first, but then he went yeah. back and threw six scores right. afterwards. So, so that kind of sparked a little like,
1: oh God, like maybe one bad game, but
0: I've I mean, just always kind of felt that like. And by the way, Otan- at, the,
1: at the moment. This is according to FanDuel. Shohei Ohtani is only a slight favorite over Vlad. To be the MVP now, the two of them are clearly separated from every other candidate right.
0: in the American League. show Shohei won, Cy Young, and um, how cool with
1: that? And be. it's the same story. Like DeGrom is a slight favorite over Fernando Tatis in the National League right now to be MVP. I mean, I would sell in a heartbeat. How much did he pay for the ticket? It was a uh, four hundred and sixty-seven. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 do we know
2: if there's an offer on the table? Do we know? I no, I don't know if anybody's like been asking to purchase the bet slip, but if. I'm sure there's I mean, I be guess somebody I, out could, there. Then. You could do
0: better buying bet slips I feel like for odds as far as that's concerned, right? I would have
1: to think about like what the number would have to be for me to sell it, right? Like for me personally, I might sell it for 1000 bucks, you know what I mean? Like I doubled my money and mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know. It's a very random. Like imagine that's such a random. This is why the world of sports betting is so crazy to me. Who woke up one day and said, "I'm going to go put $467 down on this very specific bet?" about these two random players both being the respective I would say MVPs. The, the grab side of
0: things is the weirder part of the bet for what it's worth.
1: I don't disagree with that at all because he's just a pitcher. Mm-hmm. What I would say is I wonder if this guy also owns like eight other tickets for various combinations of MVPs because this is so random. I this guy the, the problem might be that he spent like twenty thousand dollars on tickets for various mvp combinations or something like that i don't whatever the number would be they would Mm -hmm. still make money in the process i don't i don't know what that is so he would obviously have to recoup whatever that number
0: is he's doing all right
1: i'm sure he is maybe he's not
0: yeah maybe he just bets too much maybe (laughs) like
1: maybe that really is the. this is very random to me and i it's the part of the betting world i just will never understand all right so I got one,
2: maybe two more things. Uh, um, we think we have time for one. One more thing, okay. Yeah. So did you happen to see Brett the Rays game on Friday, where they were just getting completely blown out? And they brought
1: in Brett Phillips to pitch. Yeah.
2: Did you see like that whole little behind the in the um, in the dugout? Or in the bullpen where he was just kind of like messing around and all of that kind of fun so stuff. So I saw that he
1: like ran out well, of. Yeah, he, I saw like, when like he got he when they opened out of the, the, the the gates he yeah. sprinted to ho- I didn't see what he was doing in, in there.
2: The, his like warm up routine was just all over the place. The guy you because I was I, I watched the highlights right after because I got an alert like must see TV like turn it tune in and watch this guy pitch. Um, no, so it was it was pretty funny. The guy was like doing crazy kick kick. Uh, he was like kicking his leg up in the air, like bringing the ball like. No, no way a pitcher would ever, ever. And then he comes out his first pitch, I think, is like 95 miles an hour. Which is pretty good for a guy that's, yeah, that yeah. hasn't I mean, pitched in probably 15 years, and, I would imagine. And then the rest of his pitches were. And on then the I don't think he topped more than like 48 miles an hour, which was pretty funny to see because you got these guys are trying to swing for the fences and
0: they're completely missing. It's really tough to no, adjust to timing like and then, that. And then, and then, yeah, no, I mean better. even for a major league hitter to hit 48 40, is a right. tough thing to do. It's, I don't think they ever should, should be 48. a lot easier.
1: Dude, do you ever go into the j- like? And I'm not a good hitter, but do you ever go into the softball batting cages and just like think about how drastically different it is
0: like it's slow pitch softball when you're doing like the beer leagues like it takes a little while to get the timing down
1: all right so i'm watching brett phillips warm up in the bullpen and it is like it's he's very professional wrestler like i mean it's very just jerky herky jerky wild motions all of those things that's not bad what was your other uh, story going to be about
2: oh uh, so it's about this tiktok star charlie d'amelio she so i don't know if you guys know who that is but she's I think the most followed person I think she just I think re- I've heard yeah, that I don't recently, know, but I don't
1: know who she is.
2: She recently topped I think 100 million followers on TikTok and she pretty much just like makes dances and like does like little quirky okay. things
1: for she's yeah. not like famous for something else, she's only famous for TikTok. Yeah, correct.
2: So she got famous from TikTok. So over the weekend, she there was a viral video that went out of her kind of like cuz I think she's only like 16 or 17 years old. So it was like a, a video that got Posted on social media of her, like, kind of dancing inappropriately and, like, drinking. And then she kind of was, like, drunk. Obviously, she's a 17-year-old girl. She's trying to have man, some fun. Man,
1: this is a very uncomfortable conversation to have, right? And I don't even I'm, – I'm not the father of daughters in any way. She, live, live your life. Live right. your life. But I don't want to know about it. Like, right. I don't want to know about a 17-year-old girl doing dancing. On I just never – I never want my life to go down that road. <laughs> Where I find out about a 17-year-old girl's TikTok page where she's doing, you know, inappropriate dances. I just never want that to be something that that comes up in my life. Uh, How old are you? I'm 21. I think you're cool. I think you're fine. (laughs) I think you, I think that the way the law is written, you'll be all right looking at the the video of a 17-year-old girl. Your boy, Not not okay. Not so much. Not okay. Not something I'm allowed to do. Uh, was I mean? Was she doing? Was she smoking weed? Was there something that like was? No, was it, it, was her, a, it was
2: her like twerking, and then I mean, there's girls like, that I think they're like 12 years old that are don't doing like this all kind the kids stuff, do but, that. But, yeah, exactly. Like, but that, uh, I guess that. I guess when you're famous, uh, got to pay the price all for doing right. doing things that uh, normal people just do behind the scenes. So. Right.
1: Very good. Thank you, Jack. That was uh, that was a fine young utes for a Monday edition of the program. Uh Brian Powell tells us high school teams usually play aU as a team but under a different name. So like a high school team
0: like the has an aU team? Like
1: would so like St Francis would play as maybe this is what I don't understand maybe like team power or whatever is really just St Francis basketball and it's what they do during the course of the summer. There's However,
0: there's so it, many aU teams that like you can have both. You could have teams that are assortments of but there's going to be yeah, I, at some point that's AAU team. I don't, yes, I don't, I don't know how, how all of that a high is. school team that maybe they're on, and so what do they do then? You know? I
1: don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how all that is governed. Uh, but he points out that apparently the game with LeBron's kid was just between two AAU teams and was played. Right, it was at.
0: It the, was that's not. Right, yeah, it was, it just was at not. The stadium. Well you misled us. Then, Jack. Yes, you said it was. St. AAU no, team. No, I said. Against, the, I said it was LeBron's, LeBron's,
1: AAU, LeBron's AAU team just
0: playing. Glenn and I seem to have similar misunderstandings here, which implies that you were the We both,
1: we both heard the same thing. All right. Well, now. Now, there's a chance that we're both wrong. We can check the tape. I don't think there's we a We won't. I, I I know there's no chance. Yeah. But we can say that to try to make Jack feel better. If you would like to defend yourself, go back and check the tape. I think it's a poor use of time.
0: It'll be the I first time. The, 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 <laughs> the tape will have ever been checked. Yeah. Fact. I'm from it was the studio. first time no ever. When
1: we're in this circumstance, the tape will have actually been checked to see what was said. Uh, but uh, we both heard you say that it was LeBronny's AAU team versus Saint LeBron's Vincent, former Mary's high school team. At,
0: at LeBron's former high school At LeBron's gym. former I high school gym. Well, Apparently, it that. was just a game between two AAU teams. Either, Which is different. It's a little bit different. It's very that different. It, it, well, it's different it that makes it, clari- more sense. it clarifies yeah. my confusion. Yeah.
1: It has no bearing on LeBron's oh, course, actions
0: sure. or any of those things. No bearing whatsoever. Uh, it so, also makes it less likely to just be a random exhibition, I would feel like. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess, except for like. I, I also don't know what they're competing for. I mean, like my high school hosts I feel like, AAU
0: tournaments, like but like gyms are gyms,
1: right? But this didn't say it was a tournament; it just said it was a game. Yeah. So I mean, if there's play if AAU there, games, yeah, that's fine. But it seems still like it's a set, essentially an exhibit. It's just a showcase game. Like it's a game to try to get a crowd out. It's brawny. It,
0: well, AAU isn't only tournaments.
1: So what is it then? It's just organized is there basketball. a regular? But th- it's a, it's showcase is what it is.
0: It's, More or less. It's, yeah. But
1: that's showcases exhibition. No, that's, but AAU
0: not in general is that only exhibition that's Esse- high for the tournament. Essentially, but like, yes. But they have a schedule. They have a schedule. They play games, and you play on, you, you know, travel baseball. I, you have I, one how, game a weekend. I understand and all, that
1: all stuff. of this. I understand everything that you're saying. Do you? But you're not. Com- this Did this game qualify somebody for a championship? Maybe. I don't think so, no. Thank you for, for offering <laughs> no points, help Three whatsoever. points for a win, one for yeah, a tie. i, I got to be honest with you. You are helping just as much as you always do. So you've got that going for you. You are being no less helpful than you typically are. So there's that. I'm like,
0: sorry. Uh, who's producing this show?
1: Where's the guest? Uh,
0: that's a good question. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I do have questions about that. We have a guest scheduled for right now, and that guest isn't posting. and We've got another one coming up in a little bit, so the yeah, time no, is about you. to be a factor. Today's show is also brought to you by the BMW Championship. The top 70 golfers are coming to Caves Valley. The PJ Tour's 70 best players will all be right here in Baltimore for the 2021 BMW Championship. You're going to want to be there. It's going to be an awesome week for golf. It's going to be an awesome week for the area. Get your tickets right now by going to bmwchampionship.com. Uh, we'll grab a break when we come back in. Don't know. Katie Zafiris is still going to join us. An Olympian uh, from Carroll County, she's an Olympic triathlete, a former world champion. We're going to chat with her here in a little bit. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio.
0: 797 or go to c3america.com for a free
4: analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee, better and faster than the
6: drip 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 method, and way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms.
0: Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at live casino and hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit, and after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off Every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windonation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark
0: sent you WindowNation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
1: Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt
0: Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man.
1: The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh,
0: thank you for having me.
1: The great Ron Simmons.
0: <laughs>
6: Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com.
1: Radio.com. Back in here on GCR, coming up July 25th at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It is the Return to Training Camp's Crab Feast Party, hosted by Tyus Bowser, Baltimore Edge Rusher, and benefiting Casey Cares. This is an awesome event. I am um, blown away by everything you're going to get. By the way, I was at uh, Jimmy's once again this weekend when my wife and I have a night where the kids are spending the night at the grandmother's house, she often says to me, um, can we go to Jimmy's tonight? I'm like, yeah, we can go. What are you going to do? say no to that? Had a, uh, had a famous role. I had the uh, cast iron chicken Chesapeake. God, I love those nights. So this event at um, Jimmy's, this one ticket, one single ticket, covers all of these things. You get Crab Feast, with of course maryland steam crabs you get a buffet featuring many of your jimmy's famous seafood favorites you get an open bar i want to repeat those words an open bar and your vip vip meet and greet with tyus bowser plus part of your ticket is going to benefit casey cares all of that for 108 bucks. I have spent $108 in so many worse ways. Soccer. Spent $400 recently betting on soccer. It netted me zero. Still trying to dig out of that hole. Thanks a lot. Daniil Medvedev finished their match today. Lost our Herbie Hercatch.
0: We're not talking about your woes right now. Herbie, We're talking Her, about, Herbie Hancock.
1: Yeah. Her, it's Herbie Hancock. Um, this is an unbelievable... I mean, this event is incredible. Everybody knows the food at Jimmy's is just outrageous. This is just going to be an awesome night. Open bar, crab feast, and full buffet. All-you-can-eat buffet of Jimmy's famous favorites. That alone was worth more than $108. Throw in your helping Casey Cares, and you get your VIP meet-and-greet with Tyus Bowser, come on. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. right now in order to get your tickets for this incredible event coming up July 25th at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, the Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Tyus Bowser. All right, a few things from Dave. Dave says, "Uh, Glenn, interested in your thoughts? Apparently Hunter Dickinson is going back to school. Brian Powell wants you to know that. So.
0: All right, good. Once I'm, upon a time, I'm, Mitch McGarry did not. Didn't really work out I, for him that great. I mean, you say that? He's out no, of the league in a few years. Th- but that, th- that's but he's not... He's not playing basketball currently. He's bowling. He was bowling for a what? while. What? Like a professional bowler? I think his mother did it, so he tried it, but no. Yeah. Good good
1: for him. <laughs> I mean,
0: like... Big fella. I don't know, I I have no idea how that works. Uh,
1: so, so there can be more awkward, weird Hunter Dickinson, Maryland storylines during the course of the season, which make absolutely zero sense Seems whatsoever like kind of probably s- better
0: college than oh a hundred percent 100 percent
1: agree well I, I, like, I a good
0: overseas i mean he probably fits that i i in.
1: think he could play in the nba but i don't he's think he's a fast up and down the correct kind of guy, i don't think he's know? a particularly special player in the nba i think he could be a guy and
0: just about michigan's that. gonna be pretty good next year though top recruiting class in the country
1: so so you, you want to put down some sort of wager? that they're they going to be better than Maryland? Sure. Wanna, no, I don't want to do that. I have no interest in that. That's not a bar that I think you should be looking to. I feel like your bar should be a bit higher than that in general. That's the way that I think it should be. From uh, Dave. Dave says, Glenn, understand what you're saying and wish that Trey Mancini had made an all-star uh, game. I would have felt more strongly about it if Trey had kept up the pace that he was
0: at to start the season. This well, a, Dave, it was really in May. It wasn't Dave, he had a kind I, of a slow start in April.
1: Um, He was still driving a lot of runs But he
0: was on fire
1: in May. Yeah, I mean, he was absolutely on fire Dave, uh, I'm i just I am not obsessed If Trey Mancini was Chris Davis Of course I would understand why you would say Hey, great story But, you know You don't just let well, A Chris terrible Davis baseball player Chris Davis hitting 250
0: right now He would deserve to be in the All-Star game
1: I'm not really sure how that works. Chris <laughs> I'm not Davis. He was a 170. I year. understand that, but I'm not sure that, that that's that you I don't think you reestablish you recognize a standard the improvement based upon that. I don't think that's the
0: way that it works. I think we throw a parade.
1: I under Trust me. I would be we would be very happy yeah. about it. I don't think you reestablish an all-star standard based on the fact that he was a terrible player before. I don't believe that's the way that it works. Um if if Trey Mancini was a terrible baseball player, that I wouldn't be having this conversation. There would be no there would be nowhere where I would say hey anybody who overcomes cancer just deserves to be an all-star. Trey Mancini's having an okay season. He was having a really productive season. A really. He's having a productive season. That's a fair way of putting it. He's having a productive season and productive enough that he would fit in with other guys who end up being all-stars this year. It would not stand out that he was a particularly terrible player that was only there because he had defeated cancer. Also,
0: in a weird way, when we say that, oh, RBI's a stupid stud, there's no team performance, it's Like, it's more impressive for him to have 50-some RBIs on team. On a his team, team,
1: yeah, correct, where it's very difficult right. to drive in runs. Then it would be for, yeah. like, Devers um, driving yes. in, like,
0: 70 guys. Uh,
1: 100%. You combine that with a career achievement and the things that he's accomplished in past years and what he's done off the field, and it's not just beating cancer, it's the human being that he is and what he all of those things, and... I, I, he should have been there and he should be there. Um, not just for the home run derby. He should be there as an all-star to be able to say he doesn't, he doesn't have to be a player that was never at an all-star game. He can get that weird box checked on uh, as far as career accomplishments are concerned. Um, how you feeling? This is from Chris. How you feeling about the finals tonight? I don't know, Chris. Don't know. I mean, at the moment it um I mean uh, Giannis isn't gonna play,
0: so Suns should be favored, I
1: would correct. One hundred percent they should be favored. But the Bucks just won a couple games without this is like the 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 Kawhi thing from the series before, where it was like, Well, it should be wildly, you know, favored for the Suns because they don't have to play Kawhi, except for the fact that the Clippers just won multiple games against a totally healthy jazz team or a largely healthy jazz team. Um, without Kawhi Leonard. So, I don't know. The Bucks are in kind of a groove at the moment.
0: Holiday has played very well. He's played, and Chris
1: Middleton is obviously playing yeah. other world But it be interesting to
0: see Holiday. He's a good defender against Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see that for sure. You would think that they should be able to take advantage of there being no Giannis, and DeAndre Ayton should have the ball go through him a lot. You would think that, but... They, for some weird reason, have had stretches in this postseason where they've gotten away from that, despite the fact that that's when they've been their best. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm. It would clearly be more intriguing to the world if Giannis was playing. And the word is that he is progressing and and Imagine could
0: he would return at some point in the series i don't know if it would be in four right like if they were i,
1: I don't right. i don't know i mean i don't know but the word is he is progressing and we'll it's trending be doing everything well in his power to be playing at some um point. there's an extra day off between game two and game three they go from thursday to sunday so maybe the extra day helps get him back by that point maybe he's ready to go by thursday i don't know um and and that will make it a more intriguing finals for everybody else there are a lot of storylines beyond just me being a Suns fan. Clearly, Chris Paul is the prominent storyline as far as a player who has accomplished everything in a Hall of Fame career, except he's never been in a finals before. He's missing a title, so that is a that is the most significant. There would be an argument that Giannis is an ascending superstar in the league. Winning a title would, would take him to a different place as a transcendent figure in basketball, that someone who has been... You know, a a really good basketball player and known in basketball circles could become more of a transcendent figure um, in in this country if he were to win an NBA title. We talked about that before. It's the guys that have become those figures. It's been guys that have won NBA titles. So, like that, that is another storyline. But it requires him playing, obviously, for that to be a relevant storyline. And at least for game one, he's not going to be playing. Um, But. You know, I would have been watching even if it had been the Clippers. Like, this is the NBA Finals. It's the NBA Finals. I'm going to watch. I'm in, a, I'm in a quite the conundrum because Sunday night during Game 3, I am slated to be in a car driving to Georgia. I don't know if I've explained to everybody what the next... I think I've told everybody I'm going to be taking a lot of time off here. Uh, it's the most time off I've ever taken um, since I've joined PressBox in 2014. I will be leaving on Friday spending... Basically, I had two trips planned. It's all being meshed into three things. I had a weekend at the beach with my in-laws, with my father-in-law that I was planning to do this weekend. We camp at the beach with my father-in-law and his wife. We will be doing that. Then I'll be leaving from there, driving home, and then driving down to Georgia on Sunday. My grandfather, it's remarkable, I'm 37 years old. I still have a living grandfather. Um, but it is, it is nearing the end. And so I will be going to visit him with my two sons. He wanted to see them. And so we're going to drive down to Georgia because the cost of rental cars is astronomical. And then I had scheduled a week at the beach with my mother-in-law. So three trips all meshed together. We're going to be taking two weeks. I'll be taking two weeks off. Kai will be here. Uh, Ken Zalis is going to be with you for six of those shows. Stan the Fan will be with you for four of those shows. And Paul Valley from the Bat Around will be with you for one of them as well. But I will be gone starting on Friday for 11 shows and then i'll be back and we'll be into uh, football basically at that point or on the cusp of when training camp starts so appreciate everybody pitching in and helping out so i can go see some family over the course of the next few weeks joining us now um awesome story she's getting ready for her second olympics as a triathlete she is a carroll county native went to north carroll high School. She is a world champion. It's a pleasure for us to welcome into the program here on GCR, Katie Zafiris, who joins us now on the show. Katie, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time for us, and congratulations on being an Olympian again.
6: Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Katie, can you take me back? I was was reading a lot about your story recently. Um, and some stuff that really fascinated me. You were a soccer player in high school, correct?
6: I was. Yes, I grew up playing soccer.
1: So tell me how high school soccer player picks up track and field, and then ends up becoming world champion triathlete. That doesn't seem like a story that comes about just every day.
6: No, and it's it's a longish story, but I'll try to make it a bit shorter. Um, I grew up I would have said growing up my main sports were soccer lacrosse and swimming so when I was in high school when I first started it was um, for those three but ultimately lacrosse I decided wasn't for me anymore and I decided to run to stay in shape for soccer in the fall however my first year of running I did quite well in the state championships and um, had some success and so I was a little like, oh, what do I do? Do I run? I love soccer. And so I went out for the soccer team, made the team, but asked the coach how much I would get playing time. And he said, oh, like, it wasn't like a great answer. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, so ultimately on a uh, picture day, I ended up changing from my soccer uniform into a cross country <laughs> uniform.
1: <laughs> it's like the magic. Uh, you're making in the announcement. Hey, sorry, uh, I'm not on this team anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it really- was
6: so hard because it was all the girls I grew up playing with and um, just super close with, but made new friends with cross country, kept the old ones and um, ended up going to Syracuse University to run. and. When I was there, um, I got recruited by USA Triathlon, which has a program, an Olympic pipeline, that basically they identify athletes who run Division One and have a background in swimming, and okay. that was
1: me. Wow, and and so this, so when somebody approaches you about triathlon, because somebody approached me about triathlon, I'd say, "Are you insane? I would die." Um, <laughs> they they approach you about triathlon, and you're like, "Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I might be interested in doing that." <laughs>
6: Yeah. Like when, right after high school, I'd done like the South Carol try to win triathlon with my dad and okay. we did it like a couple years. It was just for fun and something to do with him. And it wasn't anything I took seriously, nor did I know like I could be a professional athlete in it or that it would eventually be my job. But I really like having the three disciplines and after learning how to do uh, the bike, uh, I'm, it's like my type of sport in the sense that uh, you can't get bored and like swimming. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I get bored looking at the line, like running. I don't like running in circles. So uh, triathlon is the sport for me. <laughs>
1: okay. So, but is there any point where during, where you're like, oh my God, I still have to, like, I've already done all this and I still have this much more to go. Like, do you deal with any of those feelings as you're competing?
6: Oh for sure okay. but I've worked really hard <laughs> to okay. to learn how to deal with them the best I can. All with... right. <laughs> what so What do you
0: what do you mean by learning about the I've been told it's like riding a bike. When you say you had to learn <laughs> Had you never ridden a bike before? Yeah, the bike side of things. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I I rode around my neighborhood, but it's a little bit different riding around your neighborhood than competing with the best in the world in triathlon. And um, a lot of our courses are criterium type courses. So it's draft legal, which means that we all ride in a pack. You can ride right on the wheel of the person. It's not um, the type of racing I do is uh, called ITU. and. It's different from what a lot of people probably know about long-distance triathlon, Ironman, half Ironman, where you're not allowed to draft. But we're right on the wheels of each other. Therefore, you need to be really good at the skills. And most of our bikes, for instance, the Olympics, will be eight laps of, fi- eight laps of 5K. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're, you need skills to do it. So I was strong on the bike, but I wasn't ne- necessarily technically savvy. I remember my very first one. I was riding, and one of the girls who eventually became my friend, but she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I have no idea. Wow, (laughs) wow. And later she was like, that was a fair answer.
1: (laughs) You genuinely didn't know what you are doing. Apparently you figured it out at some point because you're pretty freaking good at it now. Katie Zafiris is with us here on GCR. She's getting ready for her second Olympics. She's a triathlete from Carroll County um uh you know Katie as you know this, this is like you to become to be a triathlete you truly have to be a world class athlete and it's taking nothing away from anybody who's a um a cyclist or a runner or a swimmer alone because they are all world class athletes but this is an upper echelon like did you know that you were that type of athlete that you could do this when when you first dabbled like or did you sort of say like yeah I'm 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 pretty good but this is I don't know if I'm quite that as far as my athleticism is concerned.
6: I think for me, I've always known, even as a runner, that the harder a course is or the harder a race is, the better I am. I'm more of a strong. I would identify as strong more than speedy. And um, I think for me, when I was first starting triathlon, like because I was learning a whole new sport, I wasn't really looking at like, oh, how far I can go because I was so focused on just figuring out what triathlon was and how to do it, that it kind of like I sneakily climbed the ranks without any pressure as I was learning the sport. And then as soon as I got to Rio for 2016 Olympics, I'd only been doing the sport for three years. I'd started as a pro for two in 2013 and then competed in my first Olympics in 2016. And so I was really disappointed after Rio, but I think that's because like I had just been learning and didn't really um, have it nailed with like the professionalism of triathlon and of learning my sport and now making it taking ownership of it. And so that's kind of the changes I've made from 2016 to like now.
0: When you talked about the first time you did a triathlon, like, had you known that, you know, had you just, like, looked down at your Fitbit and said that, oh, my God, I just swam for 15 miles today, I didn't even realize, or was, like, taking off such a big bite to chew the first time something that you were even a little bit concerned about the possibilities of?
6: Well, the first time I, like the one I did with my dad, I had no idea what I was doing really. Like I was walked my bike up the hill and then there was another race a couple times after when I was still, before I was a professional and a guy came up behind me on the bike and he's like, we were going up a hill and he's like, you have another gear to shift down to, to make it easier. And I said, yeah, but I don't know how to do it. And it's high <laughs> risk because if you get it wrong, <laughs> you might go to the wrong year. So um, it definitely took like learning. And I was, I was like the one I did with my dad, it was just for fun. So it didn't, it didn't really matter to me at that point. I just, I just wanted to do it. And I thought it was cool to get to like, have it all put together but the run felt terrible off the bike i remember that i was like Ugh. for being a runner <laughs> at the time <laughs> i was like Oof, this I is hard i
1: can't even imagine no. i just even can't even one f- of any of the parts of those races seem my like my god just sound like, like a nightmare uh remarkable katie's a with us here on gcr katie i've you know you have brought your dad up a lot um you've spoken that you know you, you guys you lost your father uh over the course of the last year can can you take me through what it's been like trying to get back into this you know ready for the olympics and dealing with um such a profound loss in your life someone who meant so much to you and and how important maybe it makes competition now for you like knowing that you're you man i don't don't know if it's competing in his honor something along those lines
6: Yeah, it was really hard. Um, I definitely, it was really unexpected and it's like the worst fear I've ever had was losing, losing my parents. And you, you know, you're going to lose your parents eventually, but not, not as early. And with my dad, he's so intertwined in my triathlon career and really journey that he, like he, him being the first one I ever did a triathlon with on father's day. So when he passed away, it was really hard. And, um, It was really hard, too, because the like, not that you can say like with timing for it, but I was preparing for an Olympic qualification event Mm. and um, went home for two weeks and really didn't prioritize triathlon at all because like, and I don't regret that one bit. I I went and was with my family. But ultimately, I knew like I knew what my dad would want, which was to continue continue this journey. And I knew he'd be with me in a, in a really different way. And I knew like my mom and my family, my sisters, they were all the same, really supportive. So after two weeks of being home, I went and um, went back to Europe and started training for a couple races. They really didn't go very well. Um, I think the first one, I was just, wasn't emotionally ready. It was uh, a month after my dad had passed away that I was competing. And I, but I also knew I had to do it. I had to have a race without my dad, without my dad sending me before every race, he sends me a text message saying, um, just like race hard and have fun. Mm. And with the, with the swim bike run emojis and some hearts. And, um, I knew that's all he wants from me. And I think for that first race though, I was like, all right, dad, you need to help me. Like you need, like you need to be here with me. And ultimately after that race, I was like, you know what? Like, as nice of a thought as that is, like I've never relied on anyone for racing. I always enjoyed bringing people along for the journey, but not depending on them for for a specific outcome or for for me to do well. And so, moving on, I know that my dad's my dad's watching me, but he's watching me in the same way he always has. And when it comes to triathlon, I know what to do.
1: Do you, do you try to? Is there a symbolic way that you try to carry him with you now as as you go compete in Tokyo?
6: I think just knowing he's there and I'm going to have an ice cream when I'm done for him and I'm going to do my best to, to just have fun and race like he knows I can. I mean, really his, what he's always wanted from us is simple and it's to do our best. And as long as we do that, like where he's proud of us. So, um, he really, the great thing is he was always super vocal about that. So we, we don't really have to guess what he wants from what he wants or needs from us. So my plan is to race hard and have fun and, go celebrate with an Love ice it. cream after
0: have you like demanded it has to be this kind of ice cream usa triathlon we need you to have this on hand <laughs> or are you uh a, a non- any, non- any old ice cream yeah. will do <laughs>
6: I, I, I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to make the specific request, so I might just go with any old ice cream <laughs> to do. All I'll, right. I'll, I'll we'll take, take anything. That. We'll take I'm not that. picky to begin with. <laughs> um,
1: you know, the the experience the, the first time being there, What like a lot of people talk about how profound it is, like realizing it's not just you competing, you're you're truly representing your country, you're representing the place that you're from. How much of that did you feel the first time? And, and do you expect it to be different? now going back a second time because you've been there before
6: yeah for sure the community aspect of the first olympics was the most amazing part was just feeling um not just like carroll county but syracuse where i went to school Mm -hmm. like places where i've trained like all these communities that i've been a part of and how they just kind of rallied behind me for rio was really like just an amazing feeling and then Um, for the actual race like I was quite disappointed with my result and because we were the second to last event for the Olympics I think the marathon was the only one after us I was like so tunnel visioned on my race that like after the race I was disappointed with my race and then I was like oh no like the Olympics is over
1: oh you didn't get to (laughs) like go enjoy yourself afterwards and like see yeah sure
6: yeah. So we went to the closing ceremonies and that was amazing. Like I got a picture of Simone Biles, which was super cool. cool. And um, just like being, being on the stadium ground with like surrounded by all the athletes with the passing of the torch. And even at that point I was like, okay, I like my goal is to now qualify for Tokyo. Like, to, And um, I think it was such a um, impactful like race and experience for me both in the way that it was disappointing so it shaped how I like changed what I did moving forward to I think help me grow as an athlete and a person but also um, like yeah just the experience experience was really cool and now going into Tokyo I'm it's going to be different obviously because there's no international spectators and right. my family won't be there but at the same time I'm really excited to take in the experience I'm going to be there pretty early for my race um so i go in on the 19th and my race isn't till the 27th but um so i want to i want to soak it in a that's little cool. bit more this
1: time is there somebody else that's on your list to try to get a selfie with this time like is there is there somebody that you didn't get to the last time or somebody that's there this time that you're like i'm i've got to figure out a way to like just accidentally be in the 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 cafeteria at the same time as they are something like that. It's...
6: Well, I always like finding my fellow American athletes, and like last time uh, when we went to the White House after, like finding uh, Kyle Snyder, who's yeah, a wrestler, absolutely, and also um, Katie guy. Ledecky. Yep. So, so um, that's really exciting for me, and just seeing like all the athletes that. You're used to watching on TV and seeing them in person. is just a really cool experience.
1: You, I mentioned you won a world championship a couple of years ago. What what will it take? What what has to change or what has to go right for you in order to replicate that success this time and find yourself on the podium in Tokyo?
6: I think I really just have to race like me, which is a really nice feeling to know that if I race at my best, then my best should be good enough, and I don't have to do anything anything super crazy or Um, It's just being strong across the board, swim, bike, run. And I like when people ask me the question like, oh, what's your favorite of the three disciplines? And I get to answer like it depends on the day and (laughs) on a good day. I'm strong across the board. So um, I'm really looking forward to. Just using everything I learned since Rio and putting it into place come Tokyo.
1: I mean, it's it's it sounds easy. I'm sure it's not quite as easy as it sounds, but it sounds easy. It sounds like just go out and do what you can do. And and we're talking about a gold medal. And that's the end of it. I'm sure I'm sure there's a few other factors that will play out as the race goes on um uh, uh katie what's the is is there a can we can we i just want to have some fun since we have you what's the biggest superstition that you do have pre-race you mentioned the ice cream after the race what's the biggest pre-race superstition that you have in preparing for competition
6: oh pre-race superstition i always think about these when i'm not put on the spot and oh, now i can't sure, right? think of them right <laughs> like- when I'm actually doing it, uh, one of the things that I do is I like, I don't know, this isn't a superstition, but I like write out my race before it happens. So, um, the day of be- the night before the race I actually write it out and have the whole thing and on the good races when it goes back, exactly as planned it's pretty cool to look back on.
0: Do you uh stick to the Michael Scott carbo load uh, chicken alfredo kind of thing before you have Oh no
6: chicken no chicken alfredo. <laughs>
0: what is the pregame meal? Like how do you mm. make sure you're fueled for that This race? was the
1: only part of racing I was ever good at was the carving up part. That was the only part <laughs> I was any good at. <laughs>
6: well you definitely don't want to be hungry. Um <laughs> yeah, I like I like to have um, and usually it'll be. I actually do a lot of Indian food, which seems like it would not. be I, the same I cannot.
1: Me. That is insane to me that you would <laughs> do that before competing in a triathlon. Sure, it'll be very tough
0: to but find it,
6: rice and Tokyo. It is not spicy. I am. I am a very mild. Wait, what is spicy. the
1: point of having Indian food if you're not having spicy yeah, Indian food? <laughs> I think that's what. That's
6: what probably the restaurants think as well.
0: But,
6: <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoy it. So,
0: wow. what is your go-to dish at an Indian restaurant?
6: Oh well, now I'm getting my Indian and my Thai butter chicken which okay. be, I mean, <laughs> would rolls. be my sure. normal. <laughs>
1: sure. I mean, butter chicken's delicious. There's no way that that would be a problem whatsoever. and then no. and then if if in in some weird world they told you you can't compete what what would you be doing if you weren't a triathlete? If you weren't if this if they, they had never visited you, that day and said hey we hear you got some swimming in your background we're looking for a triathlete what would you be doing what would katie zafiris's life look be look like right now
6: oh it would be so different because also i met my husband and tijavar is hungry out of track right so, I, yeah so, so um i'd be a i'd be a physical education teacher most likely um would it, would it be back and, here
1: would you like be a, would you have stayed in carroll county your whole
6: life I don't know. Okay. I think I really liked. Uh, I really liked where I went up to school, but it was too much snow for me. I mean, now we're it's... North Carolina based. We okay. just bought a house in Cary, North Carolina. So I definitely think I'd be East Coast based, um, but maybe, maybe not exactly Hampstead. All it's right. my, fa- it's my favorite place to grow up. Well, I don't
1: know what you're saying. Hampstead is so lively. There's so much happening in Hampstead. It's well, like,
6: I do love it.
1: <laughs> it's nice. It's a, ni- it's a very nice part of town. There's just not. There's not a lot of places to hang out. I think there's like Greenmount Station, and that's about the list as far as like places. The Greenmount
6: Station is quite good.
1: I, I'm not, I want to make sure. I am not knocking Greenmount Station in any way. I have made quite a few trips uh, despite uh, being a Baltimore County guy. I've made trips out to Hampstead just to go to Greenmount Station. It's a cool place. All right, uh, Katie, what can we plug for you? Social media, website, anything. Where can local uh, sports fans be following you as you're on this journey to, uh, to Tokyo and your second Olympics and trying to win a medal?
6: Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at k six. Um, also, my husband who follows me around is very good to follow as well, t And uh, we have Facebook, and it's Katie Zafiris Triathlon Page. And my name is challenging, so yeah. Uh, z- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, no one's gonna be able to follow me. I, well,
1: <laughs> I was gonna spell it out if you didn't. So. <laughs>
6: yeah, Z. Z is in zoo. A F is in Frank. E is an elephant. R E is an elephant. S as in Sam.
1: There you go. <laughs> Clearly, the first time she's done. Yeah, she's never had to spell out her name before for anyone. Whatsoever. They're all like
6: <laughs> the trickiest letters that no one knows what you're saying. It's true. They
1: all like they all just sound like E's. Exactly right. Z. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh Katie we're so happy for you. Congratulations on everything. We can only imagine uh how proud your father must be feeling, you know, where where he is right now seeing you continue to live out this dream. Um best of luck in Tokyo. Go get 'em and uh, look forward to catching up with you again after the Olympics are over, all right? It's... Thank
6: you so much. Me too.
1: Katie Zafiris, uh, appreciate her taking the time for us. Carroll County native. And um awesome story. Awesome story. It's 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 sort of similar to the Abby Gistaita story, right? Where this was not this was not the path. She didn't grow up like knowing this was what she was going to do. She came into it. Uh, she was approached as a runner at
0: Syracuse and she said, All right. I guess I'll be an Olympian. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's worked out. Quite well for her, obviously. Something when she's like, "Yeah, no, I'm so happy. This is my job now." So it's like, I don't, I
1: can't, can't right? Because you just wake up yeah, and that's, just that's like, that's what you do, dude. That's just what you do. Like, it's a different world, man. It is a completely different world. Not one that I am likely like. I like the running part. I've done the you know, like. I could yeah, do the running part. Well, I could do the biking. 26
0: miles is a lot. I don't know What's how much they do not know that. From they don't they don't run it's like ten miles. They don't run, run twenty six like
1: miles. Yeah, they. I saw it earlier. I was looking at the numbers. Hang on. I could do alone i want to make this very clear alone i could do the running and the biking
0: i could not how many miles of the swim
1: it's i want to say
0: it's a a one mile swim which is it seems not that much no that's insane
1: swimming a mile is insane you i could not there's no you've got to be that's why they they purposely look for people swimming back you would go to
0: like new my family and i would go to new hampshire every year on lake sunapee and it's. I don't think it, we, we. There was one year where people were like, "We're going to swim across the lake and back, dude." And I don't even know that that was a mile. Yeah. And I granted, I didn't do it because I'm a diabetic and I would death wish. Um, I'm just not a particularly
1: strong swimmer. I mean, like I'm it's not fine, like I can swim. Right? Like, I can swim, but I'm not I'm a. Going to compete. I've never attempted to be a distance swimmer in any way. Like I can swim laps just fine, no problem. But. At yeah, some point nice to you can be able decide to put your feet on the
0: ground exactly
1: <laughs> right, um the swim the Olympic swim is zero point nine three miles, so it's essentially a mile it's not it's one and a half kilometers zero point one three the bike is twenty five miles, which is a lot, but like you know i I can do twenty five miles on a bike, I would survive, I couldn't do it and also run, I couldn't do it and also do anything else, but mm-hmm. I could do twenty five miles on a bike, and the run is six point two miles,
0: which you know, alone you know, is not you know right kill you, like
1: it's that's that smells like it's 10k right that's just yeah it's exactly right which I've I as everybody knows I'm the the 23rd fastest man in Annapolis from from running a 10k so I could do these other things individually I couldn't I couldn't do the swim alone more or less imagine trying to do all three of them that's absolutely badass nuts do we, we want to
0: try and connect now or we want to try and do another morning this week with, with Adam? Adam
1: uh I got a meeting coming up. I can see if you can do another morning. Probably another yeah. morning. Probably another morning. Unfortunately, I would. Li- I was on the west coast. There was, uh, oh, it was a, a confusion yeah. situation.
0: He said he's the worst, so he acknowledged that he's the uh, bad guy no, in this no, scenario. No, you know,
1: no. we'll we'll forgive him once. We'll for Slander something like him this. a little bit, and yeah, then We'll, we'll move once, on. You know? We'll once forgive him, and he's come on with us before. I like Adam. Um and he had a lot of nice things to say about the Ravens in his piece at nfl.com. Adam Rank, will try to uh, connect with him another day this week. If it had to be Friday with Ken, that would be fine too, right? Like I'll like we we do need to start thinking about things like that too, by the way. Yeah. Uh all right, let's uh, remind everybody that the new printed shoe of Pressbox is available right now. Your neighborhood Royal Farms into the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or so read it all. Pressboxonline.com Talia Tungavailoa is on the cover. Maryland quarterback, huge opportunity this season for him to um, not only take a step forward himself, but the program as a whole to take a step forward, read all about it, new print issue of Press Box. Tidbit brought to you today by Mobile One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube Service Center. Ask for Mobile One.
0: All right. After you spent the entire show slandering him, we will talk about Cedric Mullins' right. greatness. It's so, it's so uncomfortable. He is the fourth best hitter in the American League and wins above replacement just behind some guy named Vlad Jr., although Marcus Simeon is actually leading baseball in that category, which is a bit odd. Uh, But he's teammates with Vlad, so the Blue Jays have better offense than the Orioles. Uh, And, yeah, Cedric Mullins, damn good. Damn good baseball player as of this point. And a bad one, that's for sure. In fact... You've heard of these players, both juniors in their own right: uh, Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis, yes, and Cedric Mullins mm-hmm. are the three players this season with an OPS north of 900, 15 home runs, and 15 steals. So, good company to keep for Cedric Mullins. Hard to think you could just luck your way into numbers. Like I did that.
1: somebody asked me over the weekend. <laughs> I was out and doing some various things this weekend and I hope everybody had a safe and um and and, and fun fourth of July weekend. I had a lot of lobster. You
0: had a lot of lobster? It was in Maine. Oh yeah. So the wedding point, event yeah. right. on Saturday. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like I've dreamed about this for a long time. The idea, you know, in Maryland, we have crab feasts, lovely. Mm-hmm. You pour some crabs on the table and go at it. This was a lobster feast. They had just Two that would, that would seem to be pricey. Tables. Yeah, that would seem to be quite pricey. Two giant tables, just of, of tails
1: or whole lobsters. Whole lobsters. Oh wow!
0: And I had at least four lobsters. Oh, well, I mean, I,
1: if, if, I mean, if they're going to be in front of me, I'm not going to not. i not not to to Pass true. on them. I hear Truly, I had somebody at one of the events. The there's a baseball fan. One of the things I was at it this weekend, who asked me this question. They said, "Do you know why?" E- like, when we talk about war, ESPN's numbers are so different than everyone else's. Well, there's fangraphs, war, there's baseball reference. And I, and I, the answer is I don't know. I have no clue how that's all figured out, right? Like, I could not tell you.
0: But it seems to be that, like. Some defensive ratings affect certain things. It feels things.
1: like fangraphs is the one that. More people kind correct. of gravitate G- towards. Gra- gra-
0: exactly right. Um, but this isn't about war. This is about stats. What is it good for? Uh, absolutely nothing. Say it again. One other player. In baseball this year, joins Cedric Mullins as the only ones with at least 100 hits, 15 home runs, and 15 stolen bases. Say that one more time. One other player, along with Cedric Mullins, has 100 100 hits, 15 homers, and 15 steals.
1: I mean, I would say Acuna, but because you already brought him up, I don't think it's him. It's not. 100 hits, 15 home <coughs> runs, 15 stolen bases. Is it Tatis? No. Because he doesn't have the hits? I don't know. I guess not.
0: Man. It is a
1: man. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's good.
0: I That's
1: don't know, man. I really don't. I 15 stolen bases.
0: Mm-hmm. Good baseball player, this guy. Is it Turner? Is it Trey Turner? It is indeed. You know, like the, the Washington Nationals, Trey. So,
1: Turner. are you aware of like how many cycles Trey Turner has hit for this year? No, like in his in his life. Like I, okay, hang on a second. I want to pull this. He's I, a fast kid. Well, I understand that, but like Trey, Trey Turner, Trey Turner becomes he. Yeah, no, no. It's not that he did it on his birthday. He set some new record for like the most ties MLB record. The first play he has three career cycles in major league baseball yes did exciting. you know that Felix has won. he does thank you there are a lot of guys that have won yeah. did you know he has hit for the cycle three times in his career no, i did not it's pretty impressive it's nuts it's a fast kid. it's absolutely insane he got a little pop too it's absolutely crazy all right that's uh that is interesting how about that all right, uh, tidbit was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Tubular brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of everyday In a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Here's what's coming up, totally tubular this evening. Uh, The Orioles, it's now official. Their pitcher for tonight will be Spencer Watkins, who I definitely knew was a thing as of a week ago. I totally was aware that there was something called a
0: Spencer Watkins. 28-year-old, so I doubt he's going to be the future.
1: I, I I don't think so. Uh, he goes for Game 1 against the Blue Jays, 7 o'clock on Masson against Stephen Matz. Masson 2, Nationals Padres, 10 o'clock. Game 1 of the NBA Finals tonight on ABC at 9 between the Bucs and Suns. Last women's quarterfinal today, Ash Barty's up a set. They're on serve in the second. It's on ESPN. Uh, the other three spots in the semifinals have already been claimed today. Angie Kerber, Karan Pliskova and um, Arena Sabalenka are all on to the semis. Ash Barty, the number one seed, looks like she's on her way to joining them. Uh, also coming up tonight, or this afternoon, Euro 2020, Spain-Italy, the first of two semifinals. England-Denmark will be the second tomorrow. Brewers-Mets 7 on ESPN. Yankees-Mariners at 10. Copa America semifinals as well. Argentina and Colombia tonight at 9.00. And the USA Network for WWE, NXT, The Great American Bash,
0: tonight at 8. Non-sports highlights. Most importantly, season two of I Think You Should Leave is now streaming on Netflix. Of course, Tim Robinson, hilarious individual. I'm hoping there's more than six episodes this season. I also don't know whether to wait for my brother to get in town tomorrow to watch it or not. Very tough for me to not just sit down today and watch it. But, you know, was he was awesome. one that put me onto it. And, I hear you. you know. I, got, I got soccer today. I got stuff stuff to watch. Uh, that's streaming now, as I said, on Netflix. Um, Discovery Channel, Shark Week, when sharks attack at 9, orcaverse Great White at 10. As far as I know, that's not a real matchup. I think it's probably some sort of the digital things they do. Cheaters. Uh, chopped, 9 o'clock on Food Network. Uh, Capital One College Bowl is on NBC, if you like to see Peyton Manning quiz children or young adults. Ludacris is on Jimmy Kimmel. Everyone loves Ludacris. Uh, I and mean, I do love
1: Ludacris, but I don't know what he's plugging.
0: I genuinely don't know. Fast 9? Oh, is
1: he st- I guess he's still in that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, never mind.
0: And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, very
1: good. Tubular also brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia, that return to training camp crab feast, coming up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood on July 25th. Get your tickets right now, great8smemorabilia.com. Tyus Bowser's going to be there. It benefits Casey Cares. Crab Feast, open bar, And all-you-can-eat buffet with Jimmy's Favorites. I mean, I don't know how you could ask for more. What a night it's going to be. July 25th, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Get your tickets. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Thanks today to uh, Katie Zafiris, uh, Carroll County native, Olympic triathlete. Thanks also to Patrick Stevens. We'll get that up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Irons and Fires. Stuff and Things. It's a lovely band, Irons and Fires, playing live tomorrow morning right here on GCR. Thanks to uh, everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great 8's memorabilia, Sports and Social Maryland, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nicky Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, Young Jack. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, sad lonely man follow him on Twitter at Kay Ottenheimer follow us at Glenn Clark Radio have a great Tuesday evening go birds go Suns go Italy Viva Italia Forza Azuri Duke sucks Ohio State sucks too